Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, DJs and DJs of the future, this episode of the podcast is supported by Doing the Damage, the only DJ pool focused exclusively on house and dance music. Supplying the best remixes, bootlegs, mashups and exclusive promos from their global network of DJs, producers and labels. Check it out now at doingthedamage.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Mixcloud. Simply search Felix Leiter in the house. In this episode, I talked to Ben Rainey in his studio in Hull. Ben has progressed through the ranks of both DJing and producing at breakneck speed. We cover his musical education, the graft he put in to get his breakthrough gigs and an even younger DJ talent in Taylor Shipley. This is a phenomenally interesting look at and a case study of how to break into the industry and earn a good living doing what you love. Stay tuned to hear a talented guy walk you through his journey so far and trust me when I say it's only just the beginning. Felix Leiter's In The House, the podcast about DJs, what they do and who they are. Right, uh, we're in, we're live. Uh, I'm in Hull. I'm in a very nice studio. I'm in with Ben Rainey. Nice to see you, mate. Nice How are you? Good to see you, man. Uh, right, we're going to start this. You've you've listened to a couple of the, the pods. I've listened previous, to all, man. I'm a fanboy. The previous pods. <laughs> and so, we've just spoke about every other person's <laughs> podcast for about an hour. So we're going to start with um, we're going to start with the same question as always, which is, what's your like earliest memories of? Music, like who's is it? Your mum and dad? Is it in the car? Is yeah. it in the house? Were they playing it to you? Did you discover it? Like, just what? What was your first memories of music, and what what music was it? Um, to be honest, like I know everyone says my mum and dad, but it literally is my mum and dad. But like, I'm taking that to an extreme because anybody that knows my family, like I'm from the most musical family. We've no, we've got we've got no musicians in our family. Okay, like no actual musicians, but we are the most musical family in the world. Why? Because. It's hard to explain without people not who don't know my family, but like, mum, put it this way: I DJ four or five nights a week. Yeah. My mum and dad are out more than me at gigs. <laughs> you know, my mum, my mum and dad. I don't want to jump the gun, but I'll give you an example. Yeah. Liquid Spirit, Gregory Porter, Clapton remix, one of the biggest tunes in dance music in the, the whole house scene in the yeah. last five years. My dad sat me in the car and went, "You need this remix," <laughs> and and it's you know like clap your hands now, and like. I just heard that and then next thing I know I'm playing it in my sets and it was getting a bigger reaction than it. and it, that just sums up the connection I've got with my family I guess So what were they listening to when you so were like a kid? From growing up it's been like mainly like Northern Soul yeah. uh, Motown Disco like sort of like 70s, 80s sort of like your, your funk and soul like Luther Vandross Jocelyn Brown yeah. um, is it Fat Black Larry? Yeah uh, Like you know stuff like that um, D-Train um and were they like were they playing it so Sister they, Sledge so did Cheek they, did, stuff like that did they have like and I get sometimes like lost with the, the ages and the genres here but yeah. were, they, were they playing did they have turntables did they have a t- was it well, tape was it CD was it what's like, crazy is my mum and dad have actually got a vinyl collection which is probably amazing. bigger than the digital collection of music I have and they won't let me touch it because amazing. they know that I will go to town on it so, um, so like in your house when you were a kid they were like literally playing bits of like, vinyl well like just like just like I wouldn't say vinyl no it was like um what had happened was a lot of the time is I think I like I got educated by I'd be sat in the car with my mum and dad listening to the radio and say like obviously in the eighties you've got your sort of eighties like pop and cheese and then yeah. you've got your eighties sort of like gold and stuff yeah. and like a track had come on and I'd ask my mum and dad if this was good and they'd be like <laughs> they'd be like this is like proper music like yeah, this is I, okay it man. sounds stupid right. to say like because it's not judgmental but like 
I guess moment I'd, I've got good taste, as yeah. far as I'm saying, good taste in music, and like, they'd be like, they, I'd say like, says Louis Van Drossel, never too much, and they'd be like, right, this is golden, this is the tune that everybody, and obviously I wasn't about when that came out, but that from from about the age of four, that has been an anthem in my family. Yeah. And it's weird because everyone my age knows it because I think everyone's family just loves that song, but it's such a golden tune, and like Jocelyn Brown, somebody else's guy, is yeah. a big tune in my family. Uh, sister says, thinking of you. Uh, just tracks like that and like yeah just like they, they used to tell me they're the ones these are the tunes this is before any idea of me becoming yeah. getting into music this is just from a young age but when you think this has probably gone on from five to now even still I'm 24 so 20 years of being educated on music and then I'd go into little niches and I'd be like right I like um so say for example brand new heavies yeah so that's, I'd, I'd come I'd hear a tune so then my mum and dad would show me five other tunes by the artist yeah. that are good but then they'd show me five that you shouldn't really play in a club or wouldn't get a reaction. It was crazy. It's weird. Like, my mum and dad have literally tuned me into being, like, this sort of, I guess, who I am now, yeah? Did you ever have, like, so, so your mum and dad listening to all that kind of stuff, and then what kind of stuff were you into, like, when you were, like, you know, a kid? Like, a what kid. was coming out? Because like, I, yeah, like, yeah, I was, like, yeah, a bit yeah. of an indie kid, like, yeah, yeah, with that, yeah, with yeah, that, with that, yeah, with that, with yeah, that, with yeah, that, with yeah, that, with that, with that, with that, with that, with that, with Growing up, when I, when I was very young, um, you're only you're only influenced by the music you listen to. So like, I was I wasn't there was, at this point it's dial up broadband, uh, you know AOL. Yeah. So like I didn't have YouTube, I didn't have the stuff I had now. So it was like, you know, your radio stuff. And I think that's when I think that's why music is so diverse now is because there's so many platforms. Yeah. Which obviously we'll go into, but like. Back then it was, you listen to the radio. Listen to Radio you, 1? Yeah. Or you, or, or you might have had Galaxy or Kiss or listen something. Listen to the radio, like, yeah. it was sold in HMV or Woolworths. Yeah. Um, so it was it was very charty, but then as I got maybe to like 13, 14, where CDs became big and, you know, the internet... So can you remember, of, this is always a question I love to ask, and I, I'm not always sure, I'm not saying you here, but I'm not sure everyone always tells the truth, because I've definitely lied about it in the past. <laughs> I'm uh, nervous, I'm very was, nervous. But no, what was, what was the first, like... Bit of music that you can remember buying, whether that oh, was a CD you, I or a like, I, like, I can tell you three things that I bought, which right. are all funny and different. Right, okay. So the first cassette I bought when yeah. I was very young was. Do you remember that Your Gorgeous song? Because yeah, by Baby Bear. Baby Bear. Yeah. So I, I loved that song, and I, 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 I shouldn't say this. I got a girlfriend, but I used to sing that to girls when I was young. Like, that was my little party trick. Like, I, and then the, the thing is, they th- I think I lied to girls and told them that I wrote that song because they didn't know the song because it was quite like a. If you didn't know it, you wouldn't. It's yeah. like it, it was a big tune, but it wasn't yeah. like a chart song for yeah. young kids. So I'd be like 13, 14 on the playground or in the park singing that to girls. So is that like 99 pence out of all? Like oh, yeah. Cassette. That was Amazing. like pure like pocket money Amazing. grinding. So there was that. Then the second funny thing that happened was when I was about 13 and I discovered Michael Jackson. Yeah. Touchy subject, so we won't go too far into it. But touchy, uh, musically, touchy. musically amazing, incredible, one of the best in the world. So I discovered Michael Jackson as, as I heard a song, I think it was like Billie Jean or something, okay. at like a party as you do. Yeah. So then this is, I think, my undiagnosed autism. I just delve so far into something once. Once I get interested in something, I am going for down it. The, you know, down the wormhole. Yeah, I like like say if I hear of an artist, I'm going to find under tunes. Yeah, and like I had Billie Jean. You know, I, the internet's coming through now. I'm asking my mum and dad. This is where my mum and dad help because the thing is, obviously, Billie Jean's more of a party novelty tune. Yeah. So then they show me all the Jackson Five stuff like Working Day and Night, Off yeah. the Wall. So I had Off the Wall, and I'm like, whoa. This is mad. This yeah. is mad. You know, um, some of his tunes and like, I, yeah, and stuff like that. Like, I was going into all that stuff. So then I bought the Michael Jackson. I think it was a Thriller DVD from Morrison for okay. like nine ninety nine with my ten pound a month pocket money. Yeah, and good investment. And then, and then obviously the dance moves. 
and I didn't know nothing about that. So then so now you're that. dancing like Michael so Jackson, now, yeah. singing "You're Gorgeous," yeah. getting all the girls. No, this is too, no, no, listen, so this is all like happening. This is why I'm a bit weird and wonderful because this shit's happening, and then like. I wanted to be like this Michael Jackson sort of like dancer, and then I did actually start dancing. I went to like I did ballet, I did tap, I did everything. Okay, that's cool. Which is another thing what's had a massive influence on me, but we'll delve into that. Yeah, that's super interesting. I've done everything. I've been a rugby player, I've been a ballet dancer, I've been a tennis player. Must have been a scrum. I've been an IT. Yeah, I was a hooker. Right. I've been an IT nerd. I've been a photographer. I've done everything. But anyway, what's what, the third one? So we've had. Oh yeah, so, back, so, so, back, so I started dancing like Michael Jackson. Yeah. And then I get to 14, and Arctic Monkeys drop an album. Obviously. And then I'm like, right, get me a Fred Perry poem, get me some Ben Jerry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I went through the phase of being like, right, I'm an indie rocker now. <laughs> so then it was like that, oh, Marty Bum, Marley, Marty Bum, and then you know that when the sun goes down. Yeah. And that's when they did like under 16 nights. So like, I start, I didn't go to like raves. I went to like this under 16. So was like your first gig would have been like an Arctic Monkeys type. No, no, no. Yeah, as, as as a fan. Yeah, like okay. by this, no, I'm not. I'm not remotely a DJ at this point. I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm 14 years old. Was I'm it an actual Arctic Monkeys or, gig, or was it like just an underage like indie um, kind of disco? Like no, well I've been to. I've been. I've, no, do you know what actually? I've never been to the Arctic Monkeys. I feel like I went to see Kaiser Chiefs instead. Okay. And I, I feel like the reason I didn't go to the Arctic Monkeys is because. Uh, I was going to football because I was my dad was just like football. At this point, I was doing everything. I was okay. a ballet dancer. I was a footballer. I was a rugby player. So I'd, I'd play football on Saturday, rugby on a Sunday. I'd go in town on a Saturday afternoon in the Fred Perry or the Cost Polo and think I was indie. <laughs> when like Ben Chem, do you know when like they get them like Adidas trainers, like kind of like hooligan wear, but not. Yeah, I wasn't casual, hard. Casual, yeah, casual yeah. wear, yeah. yeah. But like without the element of I'm solid as fuck because yeah. I've never have been and I'm not that kid. But well, you were a hooker. Yeah, but like even so, like it wasn't like. Still a, got a pretty good face for a hooker, mate. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, there's a funny story of why I actually quit rugby to do with music. Okay. To try and keep that. We'll, we'll come on to that. Cause I, I feel like I'm gonna. Have to, I feel like I'm gonna have to keep keep control of you. You are, mate. Because I could like this so, is like a mem- trip down memory lane. So, so this, that's your first sort of the soft, first sort of music bits that you're buying, right? Yeah. Which which ultimately. Is, is really varied. We can see yeah. like, all, all different strands there. Mm. And then another question that I really like to ask is, like, when did you first become aware that anyone was a DJ? Like, when yeah, did you yeah, first yeah. realise that there was either that guy on the radio or was it a mate? Did, was a mate a DJ? Um, was your dad a DJ? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 it, 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 it's very it's a variable question because my as, as I say, no one's a musician in my family. Yeah, but. We, there is performers and entertainment in my family. Okay. So like my biggest influence is my uncle, who okay. was, he was in a very successful band, but it was more of an entertainment like com- comedy band called Housequake. Okay. So there was like a, they toured the UK, toured the world, but there wasn't like a mainstream pop band because they did a lot of controversial things. But like to make their show great, so he, really interesting. I feel yeah, like it's doing another man. podcast Honestly, on them. If anyone's, anyone's listening, well. I'd, I'd, Go and Google Housequirk. I will. Housequirk. Yeah, right, I will. So there was like non-famous but famous. Like everybody locally is mum and Almost like bad manners or something. Like, yeah, like, like kinda you like... know about, but they got, there was more of a yeah. word of mouth band. Yeah. And, and it wasn't it wasn't like live music. It was, so say for example, like they'd do a sketch on like uh, Tina Turner, but the, the comedy value be there, so they'd be in drag, but yeah. they could actually sing. Yeah. It was kind of like a, a weird sort of drag show yeah, slash comedy yeah. show. Yeah. But it became like, like they were successful and made a living off it for years. Amazing. And he still does. But so what happened was he was in that, and obviously like I used to get taken to the shows when I was younger. But because it's my mum's brother, so she knew the show, and obviously it is rude. So there'd be certain parts in the show where my mum would drag me and my sister out, 
and I'll cover our ears. But the funniest thing was, like, if I'd go to the show, it'd be in like a holiday place, like uh, Scarborough or something, yeah. like Butlins or something. But it'd be an adult show, but obviously we're sneaking because we're family and stuff or yeah. whatever. So my mum would know when the rude bit would come in, where the guy with it might have his dick out. Or like, you know? <laughs> so like, my, or my, she knew when my uncle was going to come out dressed as a woman. I didn't want to see that when I was like ten. So like, she dragged me out. But what she didn't realise was the screens outside were still showing so the thingy. Right. So I'm like stood there going, "Is that my uncle Christian?" <laughs> And it was all a bit weird and wonderful, but um, so like yeah, so that was my first experience of like showmanship and entertainment. But then, he which is which is still a big thing, like because yeah. that's why I asked that question, man. Because like you forget that like as a kid, you 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 don't you got friends at school, you like, but you don't realise that some people's job yeah is to entertain yeah. other people. I think I think well that, that that's where I realised the the hot industry yeah, and then DJing wise was. Um, more like it was quite a long time afterwards because DJing wasn't before social media, um, and at the time of like Kaiser Chiefs and like, you know <coughs> DJing was obviously a thing, but it wasn't the thing the way that it is now. Yeah, and the Calvin thing is, no Harrison. DJs was in the charts. So that <coughs> that was really, when yeah. like Iguetas and Calvin. This is like two thousand and maybe six, seven, eight, yeah. or maybe even I'm not hundred percent, but like yeah, you, it was a lot of bands. And if yeah. you look now, it's the complete opposite. Where I'm yeah. the only sort of bands in the charts like you, nineteen seventy five or like Vampire Weekend and stuff like that. And yeah. they're not they're not as such bands like they're not rock. Yeah. Rockers, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like they haven't got, they're not, they're not novelty bands like pop bands. Yeah. Not no disrespect to them, but it's more, it's not like the way. It doesn't feel the same. It's not Arctic Monkeys yeah, or Oasis or Kaiser Chiefs yeah. or Kasabian, but like I feel like the whole influence to actual music and DJing became when I was about 16, 17, and my sister's two years older than me, so she's obviously going out more, and she's and her friends who I'm who, as we go into it, I'll explain more. Her friends who were getting into DJing then have obviously helped me in the in the long, but yeah. I just knew there was so I'm watching from a distance you know social media is becoming a thing I'm seeing these kids who are DJing at like house parties and stuff and like having an older sibling is a, a, yeah. a massive thing massive like, thing, I'm an yeah. only child but like but I was doing like um, youth things as a kid where I was like mixing with older kids yeah I've always going out, with older people and it, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like so what you're going out to a nightclub and yeah. you're, like, yeah. you're like what goes on at a nightclub yeah 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 and like, I, 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 like anyone who's listening who knows me who maybe is my sister's friend or <laughs> any, well, anyone who knows me will, will know in general and you probably know from meeting me today, like, I will ask a thousand questions. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm interested. And it's not that no, people think it's nosy, but I'm just genuinely inquisitive. Yeah. And, like, I like to know. So, like, at this point, I, like, my sister had come home from a night out the next day, and, you know, she'd be in a mess. She's going out in Hull, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, Leeds or okay. like, anywhere in Yorkshire. And she used to go to Manchester. And what sort of stuff is she into? Like, so so she's into all the indie stuff. Right. But at the same time, this was when maybe, like... She was into the house scene as well. So, yeah. like, obviously, this is when warehouse projects become a thing. Okay. And, like, you, you, you've got guys like, you know, like, it was, like, Route 94, MK, yeah. uh, Shadow Child, it's Huxley. It's yeah. all this deep house sort of, yeah. Annie Max playing all these tunes, you know, that always... And so, talk. was she going to those sort of nights in Hull? And, and you're kind of asking about, she like, what you're going to... She was going to nights in and... Hull. Like, she she just going out. She was just... Yeah. She wasn't... There wasn't... She wasn't... I wouldn't say she was a... In like an absolute diad, yeah. Thing. But she, she was just, she'd go she to just be in seventeen, she'd go eighteen, to a, she'd nineteen. Go to a night yeah. where the collective bunkers. Then she'd go to a house night. Yeah. So I'd ask the questions, and obviously when you're sixteen, seventeen, you're itching to get out. I thought you would do her head in. She was sat there hungover. Yeah. And I'm like, and I was watching. And at this point, my interest in music's picking up like big, and I'm starting to delve into dance music. And obviously, we'll explain. I'll tell you how I yeah. found dance music. But I'm starting to get into dance music more, and I'm asking, what was the playing? Who's doing this? How could I sneak in? Like, how would it? Because at this point as well, I'm 24 now. Like, I probably aged a bit more because of the late nights. But at 16, I looked 14. You know, I'm not one of these lads. You know, you get these lads. I've got beards at 14. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah. I haven't got a beard now, and I'm 24. Like, I couldn't. I physically was like, anyone who knows me will know that I was 
And, and, you, and, and you're also, for people who don't know you, you're, you're also not tall. Like, no, I'm you, quite small. <laughs> no, no, but you're like, and you obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 it's rugby knows where you said you yeah, play hooker. Yeah, but yeah. you're not, so, so obviously you've got like a young face. I'm a young lad. I am a young lad. Even now, like, I'm a boy in a man's body because yeah. I'm just so childish and stuff. <laughs> I, I, think that's a, I think that's quality because, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't get, I'm not too serious. Yeah. Obviously, with music, I can be serious, but I'm not, I don't take life too serious. So have you started listening to, like, have you started like listening to Radio One at this point or anything? Have you, you started, know what? Have you started I, do you know what? This like... is this is a controversial thing to say, considering I'm someone that wants my music played on Radio One and has had the music played on Radio One. Has had it like as a DJ, as, as a producer, you want your music played on Radio One, Capital Kiss in yeah, UK, and then Feather Field, you want it on Dance FM in Dubai, yeah. and UAD, yeah. UAE, sorry, and you want it big shows, Tiesto's label, yeah. is our Diplo show in yeah. Revolution in yeah. America, Sirius, Sirius, yeah, all that stuff, and I've had all that. But I just don't listen to the radio. Like it sounds weird to say because I'm from a generation where the radio is obviously like yeah. we spoke about when yeah, I was younger, yeah, I was in the yeah. car. Don't get me wrong, there is times when the radio is on. Like on the way here, the radio might be on, but I don't actively tune in. Because I think the I, difference I just, is I, where I get confused with like the age thing. Yeah. It's like it's like when I say Radio One, I think you mean. I think I think you think I mean like daytime Radio One. No, no. And my I mean, generation like was like, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Like, my. No, but I know these shows still happen, like Danny Danny Howard, and I do sometimes. It's not, as, to it's not as it's not as a thing, yeah. As bad as it sounds, like I tell you, you what, I can you tell you, you podcasts. I can tell you exactly what it is as well. Like I think. Obviously, I'm under, I'm aware of like the dance anthems and Danny Howard and Mr. Jam does the, the classic hour and I do like it when it's on. Yeah. But I think what the problem is is, and this is a massive thing with my generation is Spotify, yeah. Apple Music. It, what do you want to listen to right now? All right, I want to listen to Drake, but I'm going to go on Spotify. Yeah. Actually, I want to listen to Felix. Oh, I want to listen to Ben Rooney. Yeah. Like, what are you going to wait? I've got like, a the playlist. Problem, the problem is, yeah. like, I'm. I've had Radio 1 players, you probably have. It feels amazing. My phone blows up every time it happens. It's probably happened, I think it's happened two or three times now. Yeah. And they haven't, they've been bootlegs. They're not, no, no, non official yeah. releases, they've been bootlegs. And I've, and it's a great feeling, but, and don't get me wrong, yeah, like I say, my phone blew up, and I was, I, I can tell you a funny story about that, how it happened, the first Radio 1 player, but we'll go into that. But like, the problem is, if there's someone out there that wants to listen to me, they're not going to wait on Radio 1. Like, like you say, I've, I've listened to podcasts, I've listened to interviews where people say, you know, you'd hear a DJ play a song on the radio, you'd wait weeks to go and see him to play that song it again. Feels like if I hear you play a song on the radio, I'm shazamming that shit, yeah. and I'm going on Spotify, and I'm putting in my set on the same night. It Do you know what I'm saying? It feels like it's more important to now put on social media that you were played on Radio uh, yeah, 1 it is, it is, than it has it to is. actually be yeah, played yeah. on Radio it's, 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 This sounds horrific to say, but if I was to get played on Radio 1 now, the first thing I'm thinking is, right, I'm going on the BBC website, yeah. I'm ripping it, yeah. and I'm putting it on my Facebook, because yeah. and it sounds horrendous to say I'm, I'm not that sort of person, but it's a generation we're oh, living. I've done it. Yeah. Go it's back and listen to the play it. again, re-record it, yeah. drop it out, Yeah, and it's scoop like, it. you know that that's going to get a bigger reaction on social media, and it's, yeah. as bad as it sounds, it's like, you, you have to gloat nowadays in a way, because... So, all right then, so when was the first time you physically saw someone DJing? Like, was it a house party? Ooh. Was it an under eight? Was it a gig? Was it, like, around a mate's house? The first time you... doesn't matter what format it is, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but what's the first um, time you've physically seen someone with your own eyes playing records, yeah, DJing, yeah. mixing it? Um, so, like I say, like, obviously, we described describe me as a boy, so I didn't go out when I was 18. <laughs> the first time I tried to get out with Fake Idea, I was 17... <laughs> The kid looked nothing. You can't like use me. your sister's eye. No, 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 no. The kid, the kid looked nothing like me, right? And it was, a, it was right. Listen, it was a little shitty club, and I walked up to the door. My, I was still in a bit of an. I was, I was going through that indie casual phase of Lacoste and Fred Perry, yeah. but at the same time trying to like find my feet in the world. So I sort of didn't know where I was, and I looked a bit like I looked young, and I looked a bit 
and you know, I, I had that long sort of like daggly hair and quiffy, <laughs> and like gl- it was glued to my head with shockwave gel, you know, oh, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. glued down like sh- like. You know, the people trying to look like yeah. like Liam Gallagher, trying, or, yeah, like, when, to, when you don't have the hair for it. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I, didn't have, I don't have anything <laughs> for it. I'm, I'm not Liam Gallagher, so I went into to this club, and the thing is, you know, like when you get to a door, they ask if they don't. Don't believe you. Sometimes I'll just say not tonight, but sometimes I'll question you, like, what's the postcode of the thingy? So I get to the door, and the guy goes, <laughs> and I can remember the kid's name. He was called Nathan Gleason, and he's a good friend. Like I still know him, and like he's got dark hair, tanned, you know, he's tall. He looked like he, I, the only way I can describe him is like Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, he's dark haired, slim, tall, handsome. I'm the complete opposite. I'm small, blonde, more cute than handsome. You know, baby faced, a little bit young, and like sort of like. I'm more, like, if a girl looks at him, they go, ooh. If a girl looks at me, they go, oh. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only way to describe it. So I'm stood there at this club, and I'm like, right, I'm getting in, and you're nervous, your anxiety's kicking in. And I get to the door, and he goes, he just, like, triple looks at me, and he goes, what's your name? And I'm like, uh, Nathan Gleason. And then he goes, what's your postcode? And, and I, at that point, the alarm triggered, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm going, what? What? And I'm trying to buy some time. You know, like, I'm going, what? Sorry, I can't hear you. And I'm stood right in front of him. I can clearly hear him. I'm going, I don't, I can't he hear you. And I'm thinking, fuck, what's the postcode? And then he literally, in front of a massive queue, there's girls in the queue I knew, there's boys in the queue I knew, he throws the idea at me and pushes me. So the idea hits me, falls on the floor, but then he pushes me about a mile down the street and he goes, oh, fuck off and don't come back. But at the same time, I'm thinking, I've got to go get Nathan's idea off the floor because he's going to kill me. And at this point, I didn't have the 20 quid to replace the idea. So I'm like, right, I've got to go and get the idea. So I, I jumped forward. I'm like, sorry, picked the idea up, got my mum to pick me up outside Amazing. the club. Amazing. And that was, that was the first time I tried to go out. But then, so I, it's like, that, that's my background story. Do you, do you now know that, Dorman? Have you now since Well, the funny thing is, yeah, no, well, not that DJ one, but there's a guy that chokes me out when I was 18 who now looks after me in the <laughs> But the funniest thing is, he doesn't remember choking me out. So I made the mistake of reminding him, and then he remembered, and I was a bit of a dick. Because obviously, when you first start going out, you don't, you know, you you. Can't, you've, you it's call it youthful exuberance. Yeah. So so yeah, like I said, I didn't get out before I was eighteen. But then when I was eighteen, I did go out. So you haven't been, to a, you haven't seen anyone DJ at house party. You haven't seen like um, you haven't got a mate who's I mean, got any decks or anything. You've seen the whole. Weddings and stuff, but I wouldn't cross. I, I don't, don't want to open a debate on that. Paul, Paul, whoa, 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 whoa. Paul, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. that I wouldn't. Let me. Right, reason that I've seen people DJ at weddings. Yeah, but I haven't looked over and seen what they were using because, yeah. to be honest, I wasn't interested. Because ultimately, until you start giving a fucking shit, it's just someone stood behind yeah. something. And as, and as yeah. mad as it sounds, like I yeah. wasn't really until you're interested. Yeah, you're not gonna like. I get that. You don't. You can't tell me that people come up to you in clubs like girls and go, "Oh, what decks are you using? Pioneer, Denon, like Newmark." Yeah. No one cares unless no. you care. You can don't care. Yeah. So I didn't actively care. And then when I was 18. I went out, and that's when I started getting that inkling for like. So, what's the first club you got into? Um, The first club I got into was um, Welly Club, where yeah, Terry Spanner runs Deja Vu. Yeah, so you've been there. It's like so was it was it Deja Vu? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Deja Vu. So you're actually 18 now. I'm 18. You've got your own idea. You know your postcode. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I probably still didn't know my postcode, but. I'm 18, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm so why there? Like, because so, that's quite a because cool... Because like, by this point... It's quite a cool first club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By this... Well, the thing is, obviously, like, at the time, Deja Vu was, like... It's, it still is obviously a big hit, but, like, in Hull, that was, like, the big that house. Was the and I guess it's not, like, you know... At that point, I wasn't... I wasn't... And your sister would have been going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was going to... It's influences. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a tastemaker now, but I make my own choices now. Yeah. I go where I like. Yeah. I go to the nights out. Whereas at that yeah. point, you go where... And no, a lot of people po- do it now. Popping, I was going where it was popping. I, want, I wasn't a DJ. I, wasn't, I didn't yeah. care what was going on. I just heard it was popping. And obviously, 
so that was big on social media. The presence was there, and by this point, I'd discovered dance music, so it was like I wanted to be there. I hadn't started DJing. I hadn't thought about DJing. Yeah. I just was into dance music. And did you instantly? Because like, I think it's a really interesting question. Like, did you instantly just? fucking love nightclubs from the second that you went I hate nightclubs really this sounds weird to say I think a lot of DJs will agree so when you're in a DJ booth you know I wouldn't say I'm insecure or anything but you know like I call it social anxiety yeah so because we're so used to being in that confined space DJing now Detective. so when you go stand in front of a thousand in, in the middle of a thousand <coughs> people and you know what goes on in them crowd you know this ah, bit of badgy badgy girls there's yeah. lads kissing and yeah. there's all this territorial like play and like boys yeah. are like this is my uh, this yeah. is my corner and then you get the other lads in the other corner like staring them out and like, I don't like none of that. I don't so, like negativity so, so I Completely, 100% agree with you. Yeah. Like I've always been the person who would much rather be stood in the corner of a room yeah, playing yeah, yeah, yeah. music yeah. than in the middle of it. But what at this I've point, always... I was DJing, so that wasn't a thought. It was just I just never really. To be honest, I'm not a massive drinker, um, and I never have been. Um, if my mum's listening to this; she'll know that. Like she, she sort of like always worries about me drinking because I'm not a big drinker. And you know, you know, what it's like because we DJ and we work and we drive. Every now and again, we go, oh, "Fuck it, I'm getting mashed tonight." And like. Yeah. I'll go too far and then for a month I don't want to and then, and then you know but you do it and then you think why did I do it I think everyone does that in general but the thing is the general clubbers do that week in week out I probably do that once every two months I think I need a bar I'm drinking okay. next day I can't I can't look at myself I can't <laughs> do you know what I'm saying but I was never a massive drinker and I was all I was I've, I've been music I am music music without music my life is minimal minimalistic yeah. it's boring even before DJ music was me like so do you remember being that like in that club that first night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember being asked about the DJ? Oh, you still yes, just kind of yes. Because like, like. I have told you about this, and like what happened was I went to Deja Vu, and obviously at this point I've discovered dance music. But the way I discovered dance music wasn't by the chart. It, like I've no disrespect, to it, I've never really been interested in the Calvin Harris's, David Guetta's, and okay. Beaches. I respect them. I love that. I love the music, but it wasn't what got me into dance music. Okay. Because, like I said, as mum and dad brought me up on the stuff. When I started getting show. into dance music, they, yeah. they they brought me up on nineties dance music. Yeah. But we're not talking like cheesy, like you know, uh, I won't name any songs because it might offend people. No. Like, we're not talking cheesy dance music like Dreamer and Show Me Love. We're talking yeah. like. The good stuff, like your David Morales, you know, yeah. your Alison Limericks, your yeah. Gypsy Woman, and well, obviously so it's a lot basically of that is, kind of club music. Yeah, like 90s so like club I, music. But like really. as I got into dance music, that was where I got when I was like eighteen. So that <coughs> when I, so what happened was when I went clubbing, um, Deja Vu was like a house night. It's like underground house. Yeah. You know, at this point they're probably booking. I think the big bookings was people like Waff, Hot Since '82. It's before the days of Patrick Topping and screaming. Yeah. Uh, well, not scream, sorry, Salah. We were talking about, like, Ali Whitehead. Yeah, well, this is what like happened, so I'll tell you what happened. So, like, in the main room was probably, like, I think it was, like, Dale Howard and people like Bicep, okay. Dale okay. Howard, um, people like that, um, WAF, Jekemis. Yeah. Um, so, it's just more, like, tech. Tech, it's very tech, room. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll tell you who it was. I know exactly who it was. In the main room, it was Sidney Charles, okay. Hector Kuta, yeah. and Santa, because they did, like, a yeah. three-way thing. Yeah. I, I did like that music, because my sister was telling me about all this tech stuff. Yeah. So, I was into that, but I was, and I still am, I still will go old school every day. Disco, funky house, 90s classics, pianos, yeah. that is that is my influence. That and, Welly, is and then Welly has a back room. And Welly's got a back room. <laughs> so, so all my friends, you know, they're going into the main room, they're getting stuck into this tech scene, you know, I won't, tell, I won't say what they was doing because the mums might be listening, yeah. but you can imagine. They're having a nice time. They're having a great time. I'm a euphoric. <laughs> I, was, I was stressed, they was drinking a lot of water. Drink. Yeah, water. Yeah, there was, there was drinking water. They were just water. a lovely time together. <laughs> there was definitely drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 
the thing is, I'll be honest, that never, ever appealed to me. Never okay. has, never will. Um, anyone that knows me knows that. Yeah. I've got my reasons. That sort of... Yeah. That, that experience of clubbing never bothered me. Yeah. Um, but music did, and it always has. So, obviously, they're going into this main room. Of, it's like this mad, mad tech dungeon. And bear in mind, I'm not a massive drinker. I yeah. don't do anything else. Yeah. Um, so and, I'm still, walk, and you're still quite young. At I'm place. young, and I, yeah. and I didn't really. I wasn't DJing. Yeah. And and don't forget, don't forget tech. I wouldn't say tech's affairs, but tech has got massive recently. Yeah. Um, at that point, I wouldn't say it wasn't big, but I wouldn't it say wasn't as big you, as it if is. If you now. wasn't into it, you wasn't yeah, into it. Wasn't it wasn't as big as it is. There's a lot of people now that think they're into tech, but it's more the influence of the people around them and the, the, as bad as it sounds, the stuff they're probably putting up the nose. And I, I hate to say that because it's not fair, but I think that's the truth. That is the truth. And a lot of people... In, in, in very much the way that head candy was a thing yeah. at a point in time, and that's, this, now yeah. tech house is, is that thing. same yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. And a lot of Everything has its day, doesn't it? A lot of people that really are into underground... You know, sort of tech music. I imagine get very annoyed by the yeah, of course you do. I know. I've like, met people in the industry that are, are pure in that scene, yeah, and they don't like the way it is now. And the amount of people that say to our beef is not what it was, and all this. Obviously, that's another conversation. But like, because I can understand because I've I've studied it that far. I see what it was like, and I see what it's like now. I go there, yeah. But yeah. So anyway, so I wasn't into tech. I went in this main room, and I'm thinking, fuck this. This is too much for me. And I didn't know nothing about any other rooms. I didn't. I didn't know anything about DJs. I didn't know any name DJs or anything. But also, if you don't know nightclubs, man, like I mean, I work in DJ. I've done it for years. So there is there is four rooms in that club. Yeah. They're not always all open. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you forget when you're young and you go into a nightclub for the first time and you haven't been like this. So we yeah, DJs, yeah. right? We sometimes go into clubs during the daytime. Yeah, yeah. And the lights are on. And you see things if, what you didn't oh, realize. Oh, were there, or we right? get to clubs early yeah, yeah, or yeah. first because we're a DJ. Or yeah, sometimes yeah. we leave clubs last. Yeah. If you just get there, I mean, you weren't drunk, but if you just get there drunk at eight. I mean, I wouldn't say I wasn't drunk. No, no, but I, I mean, but what I wasn't you, off my cake. You know what I mean? But you just get there as any kind of slightly drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you, walk you don't even know there's yeah, other yeah. rooms. This, you don't know a, what that, where that corridor a, leads to. Because yeah. like. I have conversations now with people. So like, digital is a massive club. I work in like a nearly two thousand capacity club on a Saturday night. Yeah. And obviously, it's in my hometown where I know everyone. And people come to me like, oh yeah, I was in Attic on Saturday. I'm like, yes, yeah, so was I. And they're like. Where the fuck was you? And I'm like, where the fuck was you? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like, because they don't know. Some people are so. I'm not saying narrow-minded, but like, you know yourself. Like, I go into a supermarket. You know what you want. Yeah, you know what. Like, for example, I go into top. I go to River Island. I go straight to the men's pit. I couldn't tell you what the women's bit looked like. Yeah. But the women probably couldn't tell you what because you know you just don't know. But so I walked in. I'm like, right, this isn't for me. I don't smoke, so I'm not going to the outside terrace. Yeah. And I've always been a someone who asks questions, someone who explores. So I'm thinking, right, I'm off on my own little mission. Yeah. And obviously, it's in my hometown. I do obviously know a lot of people, so I'm thinking, oh, I'll be someone about, I'll go see someone else. My mates have got straight in the mixer, and I'm like, right, I'm going to find someone else. I went upstairs, and I instantly remember opening the door and just hearing Space Cowboy, David nice. Morales, really. Yeah. So you know that bit where it's like, ba 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 right? And at the time, my mum and dad had showed me this tune. So I'm, I I resonate with it straight away. And like that, I can remember it now, like even thinking about the feeling of how I felt. I was like, fuck. Like, I felt like I was on drugs. Because I was like, whoa, yeah. this is mad. They play this in clubs. Because obviously it's old music. Like, as far yeah. as I know, it's new music. That I'm here, I'm only, I only know what I know. I'm naive. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I can only remember, I only know that. I, I walked into the main room and heard tech. And I'm thinking, oh, is this what they're playing clubs? Yeah. And then I've probably been to like a few of the parties and they've been playing like your Calvin Harris's and stuff. Yeah. So I walk into this room and I'm like, wow. wow. And what was even crazier was the atmosphere the, in the main room was so moody. The atmosphere up there was those people dancing, there was people kissing, dancing. Yeah. And it was like proper. And I'll never forget that. And I think that has influenced me so much just that night. Because what happened was I walked in that main room, they're playing Space Cowboy, and then 
Back to Love, Graham Park remix, and I, new and I also think because I, I've had exact, I had that experience with Shindig many years ago, like yeah. move venues, like walking into that back room and mm. almost feel like a completely different yeah, yeah, world. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think what's also interesting for you is like you love that music, but I, I imagine you might not have heard that music mixed together. No, no, before. no, 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 no. Like, All I've ever heard is like so. so, so you like, like, play you it. No, I've never played yeah, yeah. that. And that's what mess, that, That's when the whole yeah. shit. That's when I understood DJing a little bit because. I was looking over to the DJ a lot, not in the not in the sense of I would now like, oh, how's he doing them effects? What's he yeah. playing? Like if, if you went and watched James Hyde, you watching him to see how I was doing it. Yeah. I was watching to just to, out of excitement. I wasn't. I didn't know what I didn't know what the decks was. <laughs> yeah. I didn't care. I was just thinking, oh shit, what's coming next? And I was looking over in like a and and do you know what? I actually remember like the DJ looking at me because he knew I was buzzing. Because yeah. I was at the front on my own, and just looking. No and and, and I, I did DJ. that. Yeah. And he knew. He, yeah. I am. I remember. So what happened was, so I'm looking over and he's playing that, and then he drops like back to like, and then to be fair, he did drop the whole show me love and stuff, but it was like it was as if it was like private edits because like I've, I can still remember how they sounded, and I haven't got them remixes. You know, it wasn't the it wasn't the classic dance remix yeah, yeah. of Robin S. Like it was mad, and it was like then they dropped like Gypsy Woman, CC Penison, finally, yeah. and obviously I've heard all that in my house, but I've never heard it all mixed together. And you know when you hear that then piano is coming does, in, and it does sound different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It everything does sound does, different. Everything does. So I, what happened was I heard all this stuff, and I've, I've always been quite on the ball with stuff. And obviously social media's big then. I'm 18. I'm only 24. Hours. This is six years ago. Yeah. So at this point, I'm, I'm bang on Twitter. I'm bang on Facebook. Not so much Instagram, Snapchat and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Facebook. I'm bang on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. So I remember looking at the DJ. I didn't know who he was, but I remember what it looked like. So then I went on Twitter, on the Deja Vu Twitter, yeah. to find out the poster, to find out who the DJ was. And it was Graham Park. And Alistair Whitehead, but I knew it was yeah. Graham Park because of the way he looked. He's Scottish. I think he's Scottish. Yeah, Scottish. He's like, like a bald. bald with a big yeah. beard. Yeah. So then I went in for days finding out and then I remember hearing the Back to Love tune which was his so that's how I started got into it so then for the next year or two I'm going to like these house nights I'm going to like day parties they're all sort of Terry's events Terry Spammer and Hall Um, and I'm getting right into it and I'm getting in and what I was doing at this point SoundCloud's massive there's no Spotify there's no Apple Music there might have been but there wasn't a thing there was definitely not a thing SoundCloud was where it was at so I'm on SoundCloud and they did the thing where it was like you'd find and what was my days were spent by going on SoundCloud. Sort of things, yeah, isn't it? yes, and it's not as good no more. It's def- I think it's because we're so saturated in yeah, the shit. Yeah, and there's a lot of shit out there which I won't say shit, but there's a lot of stuff which is debatably shit. I can't say shit because that's people might think what we do shit. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out. People, anyone, bit what I'm saying is like, but like at this point, you know, the stuff coming out's like um, Shadow Child and. Uh, Route 94 and like the shadow it was like uh, reverse sky dive you know yeah. hot creations like all that yeah. sort of stuff benediction all, yeah. so it's like the deep house Jubel um, Jack Breach and all this sort of stuff's coming out and I'm like fuck this is good this is like the music I want to hear it's not tech it's not commercial it's yeah. deep house it's yeah. in the middle so I was getting influenced on that and then I was also I'd go online and, f- and I'd put in like Chris, uh, put in like uh, Gypsy Woman by Crystal Waters yeah. but then I'd find the suggested tracks which would be like Different tracks and it, yeah, yeah, like Strings of Life, and then I get onto like Lola's theme and stuff, which I knew from my mum and dad. Oh, Strings of Life, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But that's how all this has happened. Yeah. Like a lot of my music nowadays is influenced by the nineties, oh, which was which was also influenced by what your parents were into. Yes, I, in, massively. In a way, but like I say, like when I was brought up, it was all the soulful stuff. This is why my mum and dad are so good because when I delved into dance music, they opened up a world of dance music that they knew to me. Yeah. But until that, they didn't. And like now, 
they're like indie. They know so much about indie. They know so much. They can. They know alternative. They know disco. They know every genre because mom and dad are just music fans just in general. Music, Obviously, yeah. I've honed in on dance music now, but like. But I'm, I think as a DJ, you still you still take it. Yeah, small of course. Like when I'm in the car, I don't fuck listen to dance music. Yeah. I'm even listening to your podcast. Or <laughs> is it, do you know what I've just found? It? Have you heard of Gary V? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Wow, that guy, bro. He was like, he's. We won't go into it, but yeah, his podcast is yeah, sick. But you. like when I'm in the car, I don't listen to dance music. So I'll be on like Spotify now, like on Discover, and I'll be listening to like uh, I like a lot of like UK rap and stuff. Um, or I'll be listening to like Dimitri from Paris. Um, Oh yeah, just stuff like that. Journey. You're gonna go see Dimitri Paris. Has it already been? I was gigging. It was last week. Oh, was it? Right, yeah, so, okay, right. So you've so you've got into, you've got, you've been to Deja Vu, right? I've got into dance music. Getting into dance music. When does is there a point that you can remember? Yes. In your head that you oh, go, yes, hang on a minute. Yeah. I want to yeah. be what doing what yeah. that guy's yeah. doing. Yeah. How the fuck does yeah. that work? I can remember every single step of it. Right. So I got into dance music. I started going out. I'm 18, and so for the next two years, I'm just a SoundCloud wanker, basically. <laughs> I, honestly, if I could find my old SoundCloud before I became me as a DJ, I've probably got, I think, knowing you like a track, Favourite it's probably stuff. about 5,000. <laughs> and I can guarantee you every single one of them are banging. So, like, what happened was I was a SoundCloud wanker. I, every week... I'm, what are you doing at this time? Are you at college or something? I'm, I'm doing an apprenticeship in IT. Okay. Which so leads you, so on, and I was doing, like, so photography, left, web so design and So you've stuff. left school? I left school, I got kicked out of sixth form. And doing an um, apprenticeship... I got in. Well, basically, I got kicked out of six one for something so stupid that I won't go into no, it. No, no. Really, really stupid. Yeah, Nothing yeah, no. bad. Nothing bad at all. Like I wasn't a bad person. I, academically, I was quite clever at school, but in what I was interested in, if I wasn't interested, I, and I still yeah. to this day, if I'm not interested, I don't care. I was academic in what I liked, which was IT, okay. geography, PE, etc. So, so you're doing. I don't want to dig into that too much, but you're doing yeah. an apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, And then you and then you SoundCloud in, in your I spare went to time. Place, I did an apprenticeship in IT, so that means I'm sat on a computer. Yeah. And obviously, as an apprentice, you do the shit jobs. But when there's no, luckily my they give me a bit of a free roll, so I've got a lot of time with headphones in on a computer. <laughs> so I'm sure you can imagine. I did. I wasn't sat on Facebook like or the occasional SoundCloud. I was sat on SoundCloud for hours. And what I used to do was I used to scramble the IP so they couldn't tell where I was sat because <laughs> there used to be a, like in the in this IT department they could like check your monitor. <coughs> but I had two monitors in my department, so I like I think I like black. I can't remember what I did, but I managed to like. I'd have some up what looked love like that. I fucking love that. Yeah, yeah. There's always there's always a method. Exactly right, so what happened right. was, so I was um, on SoundCloud smashing it like, like just pulling up every tune I loved. No inkling to being the DJ. So this happened for about okay. two years while I'm doing my apprentice. From 18 to 20, 100 quid a week, going out on a weekend, spending 89, living off 11 pound for the week. You know what it is. Um, I'm sat in this IT department, winging winging life. Not, I liked IT, but it was never. It was too. Too gay, like no one gay, gay. It was too, um, it was too technical for me. Was it, it wasn't it, creative. Enough. It wasn't creative. It was more yeah. troubleshooting. Yeah. Once you knew how to, yeah. Turn it, it off just, and turn it on again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just boot it. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was something I, I took stuff from. But anyway, so it gave me the time to sort of like learn the music. So for two years, I pretty much studied music in an IT apprentice. Yeah. Because what I do is I go on SoundCloud, find the tunes, and then I study the artist. Yeah. I know, st- I know facts about artists. Like no one knows, like Amazing. weird shit. So I was studying all these artists and all these tunes, um, going to parties, probably getting into twenty now. I've been doing it for a few. Have years. you sort of, have you sort of moved? Have you delved out of Hull yet? Like, have you kind of gone? I've been on Leeds. Out, yeah, like, like I went you... to see Disclosure at Canal right. Mills in Leeds, and okay, that opened cool. my eyes. Uh, but more just to like the deep house scene, because obviously okay. Disclosure like white noise and latch and all this shit. Like, yeah. 
they're sort of coming with this garagey UK sound, and I sort of delved it. It, it, it opened my eyes musically, but I wouldn't say DJ. Still not DJ. This is what's crazy. Okay. So I'm 24, and at 19, 20, I'm still not thinking about DJ. Did you say you've been in a band or something? Or just, no, my uncle was in a band. Like, so, uh, so, so, so basically what you've done is just put yourself through a, a sort of dance music education. Yeah. So I went out... On I'm, someone else's money and time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and if the guy who employed me is listening, I'm sorry. He's, but he's very successful now. So yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm learning about dance music day in, day out. Nothing to do with DJing. Yeah. But I'm going to parties and what's happening at this point is... As I say, I'm a SoundCloud wanker, but I just ripped the aux cable off anyone at parties. But what was happening was I was getting this reputation for knowing my tunes. Okay. And like I'm sent like on a, say like we're going to a party on Saturday, you know, we're all single, we're thinking about the girls, we're thinking about this. But I, I wasn't like don't get me wrong, obviously I'm still probably thinking about the girls, but I'm thinking about yeah, like, getting your hands. Get, I'm, I'm asking, I'm yeah. asking the person whose parties. What speakers have you got? Yeah. What cable have you got? Yeah. But not in a not in a DJ way. I yeah, just yeah. wanted to play this music. So I'm sat there thinking, right, I've got these tunes. So I'd send all these tunes to the boys. I'd be like, boys, listen to this banger. It's going off on Saturday. Not in a mixing way. Just yeah, I'm yeah. going to play it. Yeah. And I built I built up this like weird reputation for knowing what to play at parties. Okay. And I was a bit of a curator. I was a playlist yeah. curator for parties. Which is which is ultimately what a DJ. Yeah. Is. And I think that's where my as weird Choose as it sounds, I, I learned to read crowds by yeah. doing that because I'd be sat with my phone in my hand. That's amazing. Right. It's weird. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I was sat with my phone in my hand in the corner of the room and, and like it'd be a bit flat and I think, how can I get someone up? Let's lift it. Yeah. And like there'd be no mixing, I'd just play it one after another. And then I'd play some and everyone would dance and then I'd keep it going That's and I'd lose it. It was mad. So that happened about 20. I love that. And I think when I was 20 on the Christmas, I want I thought as, yeah, so as this as this whole curating at parties is going on, I'm getting this reputation for knowing my tunes. Not just dance music, anything. Yeah. And I think that's when a switch in my head went. Imagine if I could mix just, these. But at the point, it was just, could I mix them? It wasn't, I want to be a DJ. I still didn't want to be a DJ. But if I could just play one into the other, it'd be easier. Yeah, yeah. If I could get, I was literally thinking, if I could get a little deck. Because obviously I'm into IT, so I've got the MacBook, I've got everything else. Yeah. I just didn't have decks. Yeah. So I, for Christmas, got these, like, I think, I can't remember what it was called. It was, like, probably, like, the new Mac. Mix like track controller Pro, thing. Mix track Pro 2 controller, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got that for Christmas. Christmas Day, I remember horrendously trying to mix in... Um, Shadow Child, best be believing into you know Storm Queen. Talk, look right through the MK. Yeah. Talk to me, yeah. and I literally so the one track's going. I best be believing over the top. I'm the looping. Talk to me, best be believing, and they're all and they're not in beat. They're not in, they're <laughs> not not in the key. same BPM. Not even in the right. And it was and it was a trip. But honestly, I remember trying that for an hour, and I didn't even know how to cue up in my headphones the next song. So I'm literally like saying, "What? Why is there a master? Why is there a cue? What are these low, high, mids doing? Like, what is the gain? And I'm mixing in with the gains. I'm not doing the faders. And I'm like, that went on for months. And then because of my sister knowing DJs older than me, yeah. I managed to pull in a few favors to learn off people. So like a few people maybe spent an hour with me. Okay, taught me the basics. Um, which is which is mad because I, I remember like again it's like you feel like it's embarrassing to say these things but it's totally not because I hope that someone's listening who's going to try and learn this as well and like I remember like not even really understanding I've got vinyl I'm trying to mix vinyl in front of me yeah not only do I not understand keys like I probably didn't even understand what even BPM no, was no, someone, no might said, yeah, what, yeah. someone said, might have said the three letters BPM and I'd go yeah yeah, yeah, yeah BPM yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no it's yeah, just yeah. for beats I mean, per to minute be, to be honest, like, to be honest. I, I yeah. have, and then I wouldn't even understood because I wasn't like educated in music, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't probably really even understand like 4, 18, 16 bars like, yeah that, you know, I didn't even understand yeah, that you know, sort of structure you know Felix as well like I will be very honest, like technically now, there's a lot of shit I don't understand, but I know what it does. Yeah. Like when, especially when it comes to production, like your compressors, your multiband compressors, yeah. you know, mastering, mixing, uh, uh, 
stereo image. I know what they do, but if you ask me, to, if you said, hey, "What's the theory behind yes, it?" Yes, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. And the same with DJing. There's a lot of like, like the effects, the names of an echo. Like I know what echo does, but could you define what an echo is? Do you know what I'm saying? Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Like I didn't get it, so and I never have. So you've got the controller. I've got the controller. Um, Who comes to help you? Who comes to your aid? Uh, so uh, you mentioned Gaz before. So well, Gaz. Well, Gaz, Gaz. By the way, Gaz, I'm coming for you on the podcast. Yeah, so you're up soon. Gaz told me he ain't gonna do one of your podcasts, and I can tell you exactly why. He told you he's not gonna. I'll tell you off the camera why. Though. All right. I'll tell, you, <laughs> I'll tell you off the camera. That could open a wormhole. Okay. No, he said he'd do it, but All he's, right. he's got he has got a criticism of your podcast. Okay. I'm not saying it on camera because <laughs> he'll hate me. It's nothing bad. It really. I've probably made this sound so bad. If, yeah, let's forget that. It's funny. Remind, okay. remind okay. me to tell you when we come off the air. So anyway, so yeah. I've got this controller. Gaz has helped me, but this is way further down the okay. line. So, so who's the early people that come? The early people that helped me, my my sister's got a friend, a guy called Ben Straw, who's now a really, really fucking sick tech, like underground. Okay. He runs a label. Okay. He's smashing it. He's running He's doing events. So he came to help me for like an hour, um, and he had the Mixtrack Pro 2. I think I bought it off him for Christmas, actually, because I already okay. knew him. Okay. He was one of the only DJs I knew, so he was like my contact. Um, and it's weird because we help each other now. It's yeah, so it's, it's, good. It's I this love weird that. underground yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we both yeah. help each other now. But, um, so Ben Straw came and gave me an hour. Uh, there's a guy called Carl Black who's he's got his own event. He's smashing it. He's, a, he's probably one of my best friends, to be fair. Cool. And he, he was then. Like even then, we were friends. We were going out, and he he's really helped me get into it. So they've probably given me an hour here and there. A guy called Lewis Hawks. I was introduced, but from Ben and. Ben and Carl to a guy called Lewis Hawks, who's more like he's the technical guy. Okay. But he's the technical guy that's w- like behind the scenes. You know, he's got he's got a really good job. He's got a really lovely family. I know his, I know his wife, uh, his partner. I know his, he's got I know his uh, daughter. I know everyone now, and he's got that stabi- stability where he'll go and DJ and he'll put on the most technical set you've ever seen. And it's brilliant. Um, but he's got his job. He's got his family. He's not bothered. He doesn't yeah. do it for the money. And I love that. I respect that. There's loads of people um, do it's, that. It's yeah. sort of out the way, and he's not bothered about social media. But yeah. he's so good. If you needed advice or tips, he's sick. So he sort of brought me to a level where I understood the terminology a lot. Yeah. And that, yeah, that got me to a point where I could go to parties and do it. So but that I guess my, so that's my next question. So you, yeah, do you remember yeah, yeah. the first time? That you, <laughs> yeah, I can you remember, remember the first time that you took control remember, to a controller? I can remember. I can remember. And you, like, did you set yourself up in the corner? Yeah, yeah. Like, I laptop. So, my, so at, this, at this point, I'm the, I'm the hooker rugby player. Right. I'm footballing. I'm dance. So what? The, so you got a lot of mates. Yeah. Because you got like, say, your rugby teammates. You got football one, teammates. You got one. This this is what leads me into getting my first gig. Being without sounding cocky popular, popular yeah. yeah so because I danced which uh, I did I'd stopped by now but I knew every girl in Hull at my age no more comments needed <laughs> um, sorry to my girlfriend if she's listening but this was five six years ago um, I knew every girl my, in Hull at my own age so that's an advantage and you know um, every boy because you played I know every boy because I played every football team and everything in the world I know every man because I played rugby at open age so from 30 to 18 I know every guy who's, who's into that um, my dad's you know, he's, my mum and dad's circle's massive. My mum and dad have opened doors for me in this industry. Right. Because their friends are thinking, my uncle. Because they're going to gigs and they yeah, venues. My uncle, yeah, they're no venue owners and promoters and have, yeah. Uh, like family friends of, yeah. Just like, my circle's huge already by this point. Without even knowing, I didn't realise at the time, but I know a lot of people. So, like, um, I'm going to parties and basically my rugby coach, he was like my daughter's 18, uh, I think it was like an 18. Right, okay. And so obviously I'm like 20, so I'm like right, similar age, you know, the benefits of being there, it's cool. Like, yeah. But at this point, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking, it's a gig. Yeah. And he had like a, not to say a lock habit, he had like, he's still got it and he's still friends with him, but he's got like a, 
a summer house. Okay. And it had like hay bales. I set my decks up on hay bales, like Amazing. this little controller with a laptop. Amazing. So unstable. And he had like two shitty old speakers, which at the time were the best thing I'd ever had. Yeah. Um, and a disco ball. And we just Amazing. we just went for it for like hours and the thing is, I built my reputation in Hull of being like the guy that will turn up at a party. So like I did that and I was so nervous and it went so well. Like I actually by this point I could mix, like not yeah, no, I, I, I could well loop. Enough, I could loop my mixes in. There was in key. Well there was in B. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't. I'm still not now like amazing, but obviously you develop, don't you? Yeah. And I can mix and yeah, everyone was buzzing, like buzzing. And obviously it gets round at rugby or Ben Star DJ. And obviously, do you know what? To be honest, a lot of the funniest thing is a lot of people took the piss because I was known for other things. I was known for rugby and football. And I was, once I was amazing, but I was good at these things. Yeah, yeah. And it's like. I was sort of the first person of my age in, in this area to go... I do think it's like, do you know what, it's not come up on any other podcast so far. And do you know what, I think it's a really funny point because if you say that you've, like, signed for a football team, right, mm-hmm. no-one laughs at you. No. Like, if you say that you've got, like, a really good job with, like, a, I don't know, a bank on a stage, no-one laughs at you. If you say you want to be a DJ, right, or you've yeah. started DJing, everyone, like, has oh, a bit yeah. of a snigger and a bit of a joke. I, 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 yeah. But then ten, down, ten years down the line, yeah. when you're, or five Not years down the line, when you're doing a gig with MK, no one's laughing then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's so, texting you going, Ben, so, can you uh, yeah, just... Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. So you, you just <laughs> opened the biggest can of worms. So, obviously, we won't go too far. I'll, I'll discuss that whole process of thingy, but... So at this point, I would honestly say 95% of people are laughing. I wouldn't say hating on me. Yeah. Because they're my friends or they're, they're, they know me. It's not nasty. I'd say it's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's not I, nasty. It's, it's, more of a, it's more of a fucking old, yeah. who's he think he is, uh, Kevin and Perry, or you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, what's that? Pete yeah. Tong. Yeah. Pete Tong, like, yeah. it's all gone Pete Tong, who's he think he's, he's watched. You know, like, it was like banter because I was in a circle of banter. I played yeah. rugby. Football. I was used to getting ripped to shreds. Yeah. I played football, the banter's mad. I danced, you know, I know, and like, I know all these people, and I think it was more of like a shock, like what the fuck, like. Yeah. But it wasn't like a hit. I get it. It's it was a doubt. But then, now. but then after that, because obviously I won't go too far into the future, but like, because of where I'm at now, throughout there, as I picked up success, the jealousy got real. Okay. And the same people that got jealous now asked me to get into clubs, and now, you know, support me. And and you know what? It's humbling, nice. I'm not cocky. I never have been, but it's, it's nice to smile and think. You've and we'll come back to that yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's no, no, you mentioned something at the start, which is like that mental health thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think we will come back and to I that. Think, yeah, yeah, you've read definitely. some really good points there, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. like I've got, I've got a, a lot, to... a, a little bit of ridicule, a little yeah, yeah. bit of self doubt, self doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then a little bit, then, then suddenly you get a bit of success, yeah. and there might be yeah. a little bit of like yeah. praise, and there might be a little, you know, to deal with all that. And I can tell that story. I've got a big story about that. But so at this point, I'm doing the parties. But don't get me wrong, the jives are rolling, the banter's rolling, but people are actually digging it. Yeah. It was like they're taking the piss and then they're coming and seeing me and going, fucking hell, fair play. <laughs> so I've never played in a club, nothing's happened, all I'm doing is I'm turning up to parties. So, what, I, so, so do literally you get like a text or something and someone's going, yeah, yeah, we're having a party, yeah, yeah. do you want to come and play? Like, and, you're just and I'm doing it for yes. nothing and you know, for about six months to a year, probably six months, I'm going every weekend, I'm either playing in like, I'd call it a den, and anyone who's listening on the scene will know what that means, like a den, you know, like it was a bit of a. There's stuff going on there, what you know? Yeah, I, not, yeah. not nice it's kind of weird because I grew up on this culture of the whole drug scene, but I was never involved in it. Yeah. So I'd turn up at like even like two in the morning. I turn up, <laughs> right? And I'd have, I, I can guarantee you, anyone that's been there will laugh now. I turn up with four Red Bulls, a pack of uh, uh, wine gums, and some chocolate. I'd be sober. 
and everyone's off the faces, and I just start mixing, and, and, and I built this reputation as being like this party DJ. I shared something on Instagram yesterday, and I was like, it was like, it was me at a party dropping Show Me Love, and like, it's, everyone's just stood there talking, it's so funny, because I'm stood there on this little table DJing, and I, I had it on like this mad loop where it was like, and everyone just everyone's talking like thinking what the fuck's going on and to be fair it was a bad mix but everyone's talking everyone's talking about what the fuck's going on and then all of a sudden they hear it come in and everyone just like stops talking and goes way and everyone behind me is going nuts and it was like it was literally like I'd call it like an MCAT party like I don't know if you're familiar with that but like everyone's like off the faces so that's how I, that was weirdly how I got into it uh, but then I'd also do like I started doing like proms and like okay, yeah, after yeah. prom after parties yeah, so yeah. I feel like the prom would be going on so I'm 20 and like like college proms so like yeah. people that are 18 or but even like the lads from rugby that I knew that were 16 and be like oh do you want to come DJ in my mate's garden yeah. he'll sort the speakers he'll get you a few beers and you yeah. bring a few of your mates yeah. so like I do stuff like that and I just built up this like word of mouth reputation so that's what that started and then from there there was guys that I knew that was starting to run events and stuff. I started getting yeah. networking. I wouldn't even say networking. Just me. This is what. I, yeah, this is one thing I'd say is like people going about networking. I can honestly say I've never networked. It's just me. Like I've never met. I've never been that. Hi, you okay? Like, do you want to check this tune out? Or do you want to? I've never been that guy. Everything that I've done has been a genuine connection, and I think that's what matters because the people I associate with and the people I talk to, it's just a genuine thing. Like even just sat here with you, it's like yeah. it hasn't been a. So what's the first gig in a bar or a club? Yeah. So this is what was crazy. So I got really thrown into the deep end, and there was this, there was a club called Position, which was popping. Like we're talking like one and a half, two thousand capacity. In Hull. Yeah. What was Hull. it called? Position. Position. And it used to be. Uh, yeah. It's George Street in Hull, which was like the place to be. So this is when the next generation of promoters are coming through from Terry. And this is when, like, to be fair. This is when, and, and Carlisle's changed, Newcastle changed, loads of cities of DJs that I know and have changed, even like Paul with, 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 with your. There's less clubs in Hull now, right, than yeah. there was then. Yeah, yeah. This position doesn't exist. That's though. what I mean, yeah. Position in four years ago was a place to be, and now it's a office flat. Right. Office flat. So basically what happened was, the next generation of promoters are coming through. So obviously I know Carl. Yeah, young lads. Yeah, I know Carl, Ben and Lewis. Yeah. So they was working an event for two promoters called Scott and Tom. Okay. Scott Eastburn, Tom Burton, who are now very good friends of mine. Yeah. So they're, in, they're playing for these... Obviously, they're showing me the way and sort of like mentoring me a little bit. And then they've obviously realised that I'm doing these parties. I've done a few parties with them. Um, you got a bit of a rep? Got a bit of a rep. I'm only playing on a little controller. Yeah. I, couldn't, I didn't know what... I knew what CDJs was. I was scared of them, as we all was at one point. Um, and Lewis and Carl and Ben have obviously like... They're, running, they're playing this event called House of Tequila. Okay. Um, which it sort of... It, it, it already ran, but it hadn't... Reached its full potential. So that's an event, not a venue. That's an event in, right. and it in, wasn't. In, it, it wasn't in position. It was right, in okay. the rival club, which is Sugar Mill. Okay. But it didn't fit the the brand. Didn't fit the club because it was a house night in a commercial club, okay. Delta Club, Luminar yep. Club. It's, yep. it's a commercial club. Um, so it didn't fit the club. So they went to position, which was popping. Just as both clubs were popping at this point. So they're taking it to position. They're looking to extend the team, and obviously they're hearing the promoters have probably heard about me building the name up. Uh, and they introduced me to each other and then they're like look do you want to do a set and it was like I didn't go and lick, lick them up I didn't say yeah. I have a set it was like a, we met each other and it wasn't I didn't even th- they knew what I was doing and we met and we got on and it was like oh well, do you want to play so I'm like yeah love to play obviously do you know what's interesting I'll stop you there for a second because promoters aren't always DJs 
And yeah. what you said was before was like, I was just using this little controller, right? Yeah. A lot of times, promoters just know that you're a DJ. Yeah, they, didn't they don't so, know yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they don't know if you're going to turn up yeah. with a... They, as, as bad as it sounds, they wouldn't have even known if I was good or not. They wouldn't have a, have no. a clue. They've trusted the opinion of Kyle, Lewis and Ben, really. And, and people that are talking about you going, yeah, yeah he yeah. turns up to and, party. And to be fair, yeah, yeah, to be honest, there was people around me that was singing my praises yeah. at this point. And I'm building up this reputation. Um, so they offered me the set. Um, so what's, what night of the week is this? Is Saturday it, night. So is it like, day is week, it, is it like main set? Main, well, well, no, so, so Kyle, Lewis and Ben are doing it and a couple of other guys. Okay. So there's like six DJs over a six-hour night. And, right, okay. and what was obviously from there, we then went on to change the set times around. I didn't get the warm-up set. I got like a pretty decent set. So and did you use your controller? Well, this is what's funny. <laughs> So I can remember, so obviously I've got the gig, I'm buzzing my tits off, but I'm also shitting have my you, Have you also invited loads of people? Well, yeah, so this is what happens, <laughs> so this is what happens. So then, at this point, I've not, so I've, I'm doing all these parties, but it's, there's no, like, artwork, there's no announcement, I don't have a DJ page, I don't have, I don't, I'm not, I'm not Ben Rainey, the, the artist, yeah. I'm just, Ben Rainey, the guy who's having a dabble, yeah. the DJ. But I had, obviously, a lot of people on Facebook, social media, Instagram's coming around by this point. So then I announced, right, I'm playing, I've scaled the artwork, it was sick. I've probably got it in here, so it's probably on one of the posts, I'll show you. Cool. Um, so I've got the artwork, my name's on a flyer, and literally everybody buzzed. Like, from my rugby friends, to my football friends, to the girls who I dance with, to my rugby coaches. Everything. So on the Saturday afternoon I was playing rugby. The full team, the full, everyone, the coaches, they're all coming. Yeah, even my mum and dad are thinking about coming up. <laughs> nah, which has happened. I'm sure everyone's mum and dad has jumped in a club at some point. Yeah, if yeah. you're close to them, I don't know how close certain people yeah. are. But yeah, my mum and dad have been in a club, but we'll talk about that another I spent time. like three ADEs with uh, yeah, various people's parents. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's cool. <laughs> Corey, you know, if you're listening. Yeah, it's, it's, it's... So yeah, every man and his dog coming. To the point of the queues around the butt before the doors are opened. Um, I know everybody there. Um, I felt... Were you nervous? I, oh, bro... I walked outside, saw the queue, and I didn't want to play. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm not playing for another two hours. So next thing you That's know, the, the club, worst bit. Next thing I you know, the, I, I still, we all still get that a little bit. But the clubs at capacity, you learn how to deal with it, don't you? The clubs at capacity, it's popping. Everyone's coming up to me. What time are you on? What time are you on? And I don't, I, ne- I don't smoke. I never smoke. And please don't listen, Dad, because my dad hates. Me. I went outside and I was sick. <laughs> like, and, and one thing, one thing, my mum and dad hate. Well, my mom, well, my dad especially is smoking because I've been a sporty person. Yeah, yeah. I had to go outside and have a cigarette, and I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. I just did it because I was that nervous. I'm sure he can accept it now because it's worked. It's all sort of worked out a little bit, but yeah. So I, I just had to get out. I was, I was freaking you out. What stuff you were playing? Though? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that two hours was mad. It seemed like the longest two hours oh, of my life. I hate waiting to play even now. And what happened was the guy before me was obviously using CDJs. Okay. And I had... Had you taken your controller? Yeah, but luckily it's because it's quite small, there was a bit of space to the side. Okay. But because it was so big and big club and it was vibrating, the controller's bouncing all over, my, de- my, my laptop's <laughs> bouncing all over. But I just remember, like, this is where... There's, I want to give, like, a special thank you to Lewis Hawks, the guy who I said is technical. Yeah. He just... Assisted me, let's say. Like okay. he didn't play my set. He didn't yeah, touch yeah, the deck. Just... His presence got me through that. So I was stood there, headphones on, and I literally was. You know what it's like when you first start and you're on a laptop. And this is why people hate laptops. I understand it now. I don't use a laptop. I hate, I don't hate laptops, but I couldn't. I, I know what it brings. I'm stood there staring at the screen, mixing. And don't get me wrong, it went well. And at this point, I'm playing like. Probably like Patrick Topping forgets coming through. Okay. Darius Sorosh is coming through with like that bigger than Prince tune, yeah. you know, the Hot 682 remix 82. and all that yeah. shit. Um, 
playing like um, so you're playing quite on time quite Josh Butler I got a feeling like techie yeah, deep yeah, house like, techie, like, like commercial end of tech yeah so like Josh Butler Bontan are coming through um, Dusky sort of like deep house and stuff like that and then like I had pro a few classic remixes in and that's where I think that's where I, I wouldn't say I stood out but I, I wasn't afraid to throw a classic in yeah. whereas a lot of people was too, too trying to be too cool too cool yeah. I've never have I've never have been I've always, and I threw like Gypsy Woman in and the crowd went nuts yeah. but the thing is I didn't realise because I had my head screwed like I was so fixed in and that hour just went so quick Yeah, I was so nervous I didn't enjoy it I hated it I wouldn't say I hated it but I'll tell you what happened I was that concentrated I couldn't enjoy it but I honestly the minute I came off looked up and saw like I just had that one second of appreciation of Everyone's dancing. It went sick. I didn't clang any mixes. They did nothing crashed. Nothing went wrong. Yeah. And I just, I looked up and then people are like, that's when people sort of turn around and went like, people like, do you know when people say they're gonna come see you and then they come and they don't remember your set? Cause yeah. They're fucked all like they don't know you're playing. I know that like a lot of people was there and did know I was playing. They was watching me and like I remember seeing my Instagram and Snapchat the next day. And people, you know, the videos of me and it was like. I remember coming off the decks, taking the headphones off, and that's when it all like, was like, I got, you know when you get that bug? And I've said this to people since, you, once you get it, you, you'll never lose yeah, it. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong, we've all had gigs where we, and, and we've had moments where we don't want to be here, and like, not don't want to be here, but we, we wonder why we're doing what we're doing, but that was the moment that I always look back to, and I remember like, coming off the decks and like, seeing these faces looking at me and just sort of like, at that point, people started sort of believing in me a bit. Um, you started believing in yourself. I started believing in myself. Yeah, yeah, that's when that was the moment. I thought, oh, fuck, you know, that opened a world. That opened a world of ex- opportunities. Yeah. And because I smashed it, I brought quite a lot of people. That ver- that's why that was four years ago now. And I'd say that's why things happen quick more because I proved what I could do very quickly. But I couldn't. I wouldn't say I was any good. But I proved that I could. Well, it was like James Hope said. I mean, like he, he was doing this after hours since he was, he was all right. You got by. Everyone gets better. Like, yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. But I think that. I think I quickly sort of built up a wow. That was quite good. Like, and it, but the belief was so there. So what happened next? Like, so I don't mean like I don't mean literally when you got home. But yeah, I mean like what happened next? So obviously like, I buzzed. Suddenly you just start to get loads of gigs. Or was it like yeah, real yeah, tricky yeah, yeah. or so, like sort of mad happened? So like, so obviously I'm 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 buzzing my tits off for like a month straight. My social media is like. The people that know me are, are, are sort of like supporting me and shit, and like it's all sort of coming together like that. And I'm I'm, I'm getting that hype and that buzz. And like ha- next thing you know, there's another house to kill a month later. We do it again. I'm pil- I'm playing an even peak slot. You know, my name's going up a bit on the flyer and all that sort of shit. And then I started getting a logo and like a brand together. But like I guess sort of like that was when other promoters and other bars and clubs started noticing me. Yeah. But I didn't have it. I'll be honest, like I didn't obviously have any value. I just wanted to play. So that's when, like, I was playing, like, I'd, I very quickly became this guy, and I sort of built up, I built up, like, a name of being, like, a, I got called Any Gig Rainy at one point, because okay. I literally would play Any Gig, okay. from house parties to weddings to proms to bars. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well. Or was it, okay, I'll rephrase that. Was it a good thing or a bad thing for, for you? For me, in, it was in, a, in, in, in hindsight, thing. right. Right, so I'll, let me sum it up. So I was thinking about this before I got here because I knew it was going to come up. So I would do six nights a week, and I'll be honest, 30 quid a night, 50 quid a night for six hours straight. And I didn't give a fuck because I loved it. And I was clinging on to my job at this point as an apprentice. Because it must have been tough to be doing nights. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm living like a proper mad lifestyle. Like, <clears throat> I'm out in clubs. But this is because I don't drink in that. It wasn't as wild as it... It was late nights, but it wasn't wild. Yeah. I'm probably getting 30 quid. I didn't drive at this point. Oh, I just started driving, so it's costing me like... I wasn't bringing any money in, yeah. but every bit, every penny I had from DJing was getting invested 
this is the difference because I had an income already from my apprentice. My wages have gone up a bit. You know, I'm in. So what are you investing your money in? Headphones. Okay. Like, uh, a, like equipment. Equipment and brand. Like I got my press shorts and all that stuff. Okay. I'm very. I'm, I was switched on from the start with the marketing side of things, and that's what's probably grown me so quickly. So let's, let's just touch on that quickly then. So like, what, what? Why do you think you were touched on with the marketing? Because I was always involved in IT and media and creative. Like obviously, like we'll lead on to the whole the fact that I do photography and video, but. I was already, already dabbling. Seen I was already dabbling. creating brands. Well, the, the thing is, at this point, the whole DJ... Cr- con- the thing is, at this... I think... I, I wouldn't say I was a curator, but I would honestly say that I was one of the first people to sort of click onto the whole... Right, if I'm going to make a song, I need a video. Yeah. If I'm going to announce a gig, it needs an artwork. Yeah. And, and, and I was always getting photos. And you done. had the ability to do that because for that's yourself. Because that's what... Um, yeah. I wouldn't say spared... Like put me in front of anyone, but that's what gave me an advantage. Is the fact that definitely I could, pushed. You. I could create logos, content, artwork. So what I was doing is I was doing six nights a week, and some of these nights were like there'd be five people in the bar, and like but I'd make shit oh shit hot artwork. Yeah. I was big on perception at this point, and obviously people are going, "What's he doing?" And like it just it was practice. I was like James Hype. I, I listened to James Hype podcast, and he said like someone's willing to pay me to basically practice for six hours. Yeah. And you're not going to stand in your room for six hours, but if someone's going to give me fifty quid yeah. to do it, I would. And, don't, and to be fair, I built lights up from nothing. But I think like, you, I think the other side of it is really important from what you're saying, which is like, and James didn't really mention this, and that's nothing against James, but like James went and did that for six hours. You went and did it for six hours or whatever, but you made it look to me and like the rest of the world that it was bigger. And don't get me wrong. No, that's, yeah. that's great, mate. I, yeah, yeah. I think that's amazing. And I think that's what. Yeah, perception. I built the perception. I built the artwork. I built just. I built just a package where it was like, if I'm going to DJ, I'm going to put effort in, not just yeah. a... And this is like the... This is like, I guess, the sort of um, modern-day industry we're in. Like, I was big on the whole marketing and... And then I'd bring people in because I was marketing it. And I was, by this point, I, you know, I've, I've probably built my... I wouldn't say I've built an Instagram following, but, I've, I'm, you know, my social media... You are is building. I'm, I'm building. And, and I've also... And building I've also gone like from my... Say, like, my handles was like... Because I'm a big rugby fan. So this is... <laughs> so my, like, handles would be Ben Rainey Hull FC or Ben Rainey FC. Because yeah. I was a Hull FC fan, which is a rugby team. Yeah. So they've gone from Ben Rainey FC to Ben Rainey DJ now. Yeah. I'm, start, I'm not taking it serious because it's not my job. It's more my... I'm leading into it. I'm invested. It's, it's yeah. my passion, yeah. So I'm doing six nights a week, probably 50 quid averagely a night. But when you think of a six nights, that's 300 quid a week, which I didn't have. And I wouldn't say I didn't need it, but at the same time, I'm probably earning 250 quid a week off my job. So that 300 quid I can buy... Um, I can pay. I can invest. Let's yeah. say I'm investing in my market, in my brand. I'm investing even in, like a, a new a yeah, laptop. a new laptop. I'm investing yeah. in new headphones, new decks. Yeah. I'm up in the game. I'm, and what I did was, which a lot of people, I'd, I'd suggest to people is like I'd pay. I'd, I'd go on DJ courses. I was going on production courses. Well, I wasn't going on production courses by this point. But that's something I've done in the future. But yeah. so like I'm investing in my brand, and things are coming. You're together. investing in yourself, yeah. Which is ultimately the business. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what people who probably look at someone like me, who's a modern day DJ, and think, oh yeah, he's he's on social media, so he's getting gigs. No, I was on social media, but I was good at doing social media, and I still am. And that's the difference. You can be on because look at all the, a lot of old school DJs of. Have come onto social media, but because they maybe don't understand it, they're not utilising it. Yeah. Or, or not even old DJs. There's a lot of young DJs that don't utilise it. But like, if you know what you're doing, you can sort of work with it. But I guess sort of, um, I was on social media. You know, I'm pumping it all. I'm building this name. People go fucking on. And that's I guess when the whole like, 
you know a bit of jealousy comes in because like, I'm getting all these gigs and stuff and like a lot of older DJs but the thing a lot of older DJs in, in my area sort of started getting a bit like who the fuck does he think he is like, I, I, don't, I wasn't I've never been like that guy I've never bragged I wasn't it's because I was making noise about all these gigs and I think you know if you, but it is a di- it's a different approach yeah like but but ultimately like I would always be like just for me my personal career and history I've always tried to innovate anyway yeah. so it's like if I saw someone doing what you were doing yeah. I wouldn't have just sat back and gone no. who the fuck's this guy I've gone what yeah, the fuck is I'm he doing and I'm how the fuck can I do what yeah, he's doing yeah, yeah. to keep yeah. like to keep like that's, ahead that's of him that's the like. difference though I think I think what happens is if you get if you're a DJ that's in a residency that you've been in for years and you don't enjoy it or it's gone stale or you fell out of love with DJ you're going <laughs> to hate on someone young who's enthusiastic yeah. and, and, and at, the, at the time I took it to heart I've always got loads of like from just speaking real quickly from my personal experience as well like my Saturday that I've done for years digital I get like so if I'd noticed you I'd have been like Ben do you want to come play a Saturday yeah, with me yeah, yeah. So, like, I've done it with loads of like young DJs in, in Newcastle I've helped yeah. some people out I've given people gigs now like I still do the gig right but like when those when those guys have like I give a shout out to like to like Ben like my other mate like in Newcastle like but when I'm away who's the guy that um, Ben Ingalls is one of the yes, guys but like, but, like, but it's a shout out to Ben like, yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I've seen because I've, I've seen that he's done stuff for you but, but respect to like the people like like I always try and get those people involved because yeah. the this future. is the thing this then when I'm away yeah. they're the guy that's so, yeah. like I'd turn to you and go yeah. right Ben I'm off and I'm because off you've helped them they're not going to shaft you well, this is the thing like people forget that if we actually work together and help each other it benefits but obviously some people aren't like that and that's cool so anyway yeah a few local DJs start getting on the high horse you know I see you in direct status it's from like 40 year old guys and I'm like come on man You've like the thing is one thing because of all this like I'll say now is and obviously we're going to go into the whole like Taylor Shipley thing and yeah. younger DJs one thing when I'm older is I will well, I'm going to say this wholeheartedly and anyone can hold me to this when I've if when I've had my run let's say and I've yeah. come, I'm coming to a point where I'm stable and you know, I've got my house I've got my family whatever I will make it my aim to either set up a music academy, yeah. just help people. Well, we literally talked before yeah, we started yeah. about, about management, and yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to set up a management thing with another young kid, yeah. and it's like, because we you give back to the yeah, industry? Like, you've got to think, like, like going before these old DJs hitting, look at these guys that give up their time to help me. Yeah. I'll always give back. If you've been, I think if you're a genuine person, you've been give helped, you will help. And remember, yeah, some people don't get that, but like, there's going to be that. It happens in every city, you know. There's always people out here. Well, let's touch on Taylor. So Taylor, like Taylor Shipley, we we like um, other, other, the sponsor of this podcast, do the damage supports Taylor. Like we 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 help her out with some stuff, and I know you've helped her out with some yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone that doesn't know, who's Taylor Shipley? So Taylor Shipley, oh bro, she's just unbelievable. Like I could go on for hours about her because she's just like. I think she's just... How old is she? People, she's imagine 10 now. Right, so I met her when she was 9. Right. Do you want me to say the story how I met her? That's yeah, even man. funnier. Yeah, man. This, this is a crazy fucking story. So basically, I am I get a lot of messages. I said this to you before the podcast. So because I'm like 24, I'm, I'm sort of like of the younger generation. I've done quite a lot. I get quite a lot of messages off like the, the up-and-coming DJs, which I'm still up-and-coming, obviously, yeah. but like the, the next generation. Because they see me as someone who's young and done quite a lot, they think... They see me, and I'm a pro, I'm very approachable. I'm sure you are too. Like I will always reply to people. Yeah. I've, 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 anyone listening to this podcast will probably know I've helped yeah. dozens of people off. And I get a lot of messages, and I always reply. And I remember getting an email off some some guy called Steve Shipley, and he just said my daughter's a DJ. He didn't say age, he didn't tell old, he didn't explain her. My daughter's a DJ. We live locally. We, we know you are. We've heard a lot about you. You know she she admires you and what you're doing. Because by this point, I'm doing quite a lot of big things. Um, we just like have you got any advice like um, and and it was more of a I think he asked like where can we get music from because she wants she's just started DJing yeah. and at this point 
doing the damage didn't exist, so I wouldn't have told her about it. But you also don't know. It's also no. like another. And, and, and you don't, don't know. know what? And, 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 and I didn't think anything of the email. I just said, I maybe use. Check out SoundCloud. I've got a beach. Yeah, I, I, I think I said Sound hiked it, hiked it. I said, that's a good one because you get a lot of free stuff. Yeah. I said, if you want to pay for it, there's services out there. And I, yeah, I can't DJ remember. City, whatever. Yeah, 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 DJ City, Digital cool. Music Pool, yeah. uh, CD Pool, etc. And I can't remember, yeah, I just give a quick email. Because obviously I didn't look into it at this point. This yeah. is like two years ago now. So that happened and he was very, you know, courteous. And that was that. I didn't know her age, didn't know she wasn't anything. So then, this is the madness of them. This is the mad... This is how Taylor... Sh- I wouldn't say how Taylor Swift was born, because I can't, I can't claim how... A lot of people know Taylor Swift because of me. And I know that. And yeah, people I, say that. Yeah. I, yeah. People... people, And that's, that's, that's where I feel great. I feel... I feel awesome the fact that I can help her, yeah. but let's not take anything away from, from what she she's is doing. Unbelievable. Yeah. I maybe I've given her a platform, but someone give me a platform. Yeah. Social media gave me a platform, but unless you're good at something, you yeah. can't build it. So she's done it. I don't. This is one thing I want to make clear. A lot of people see. I'm not saying people say it, but if anyone thinks I have anything to do with Taylor's ability, you're wrong. Yeah. Maybe I've helped her. Maybe I have helped her. And it's nice to think that, and it's humbling. But she's her own person. She's unbelievable. So anyway, so. I was doing a private gig on a Saturday night before my club gig, and at this point, because he's a grafter, if you haven't worked this out already, yeah, Ben Mayne is a grafter. Like <laughs> and it was, for, and, but the, this this private gig was for a boxer in Hull called Luke Campbell, who's okay. an Olympic champion. Heard of him? And, yeah. yeah, he's big. He's big. So like, I'm and I'm very switched on. I'm thinking, right, well, if I can do a gig for him, he knows who I am. Yeah. You never know what's going to lead to, etc. So I took this gig for like next for call. Yeah. But I've then at this point I'm DJing regularly, so I don't I don't need decks in my house. I've sort my decks. I've got no decks. I'm thinking, shit, I've got this gig tonight. I've got no decks. They've got the speakers. It's at an event. It's an it's a corporate venue. I need some decks. And it's like four o'clock on a Saturday night, and the gig's at seven. I'm thinking, shit, because I've just woke up from Friday night. Cause I've been playing at an after party till seven in the morning. <laughs> thinking, shit, this is where the, this is what I'm saying. But the, the after party was not like a drug thing for me. It was like a yeah, yeah, yeah. they want a drug field after party. It was a I'm gonna go and show another fifty people what I can do. Yeah, this is where the graft comes in. So then. I've got a gig at 7 o'clock, a corporate gig, and um, I've got no decks at 4 o'clock. I'm blasting out on social media, and this is like two years ago, so by this point, you know, the following's getting up, and I've got a few people, and I'm connect- my connections are there, and obviously, I put out, need decks tonight, we'll pick up anywhere in Yorkshire, basically, because I've got, I'm working out, I've got an hour to get there, and I was about to get back. So, 4 o'clock, I put it out, half 4, I got an email off Steve again. It, I'm sure it was an email, yeah, it was an email. I know it was a Facebook message on my page because I put it on, but I'd only put it on like Instagram, social media, and I put it on stories. I hadn't put it as a status. Facebook message: Hi mate. Um, obviously, I knew her name was Taylor. He, he put: Hi mate. If you need some decks, Taylor will lend you her decks. Um, she's very. This is when I realised she was young because he put: She's very. She would never. She she said she'd never lend a decks out to anyone except. You or something along the lines of something kind of something kind of yeah. childish and nice and cute. Yeah. Like she, she, she. I asked her if she would, she'd lend the decks out, and she said no. And then I said who it was for, and she said you was the only person she's ever lent a deck to because she, you know, she's a fan. Yeah. And then I thought, well, she must be young. But yeah. I still didn't realise. Yeah. So then she lives over the Humber Bridge, okay. which you probably saw on your way into coming to my studio. You'll yeah. see it on the way out. Oh, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's an iconic thing in Hull. Yeah. Uh, so she lives over the bridge, about thirty minutes from me. So we met, so we were organising it. He's like, yeah, I'll meet you in Humberbridge Car Park. Like, I'll come over the bridge. So he even, he even came to me. I didn't even have to go to him. So he's come to me with his decks. And I can just remember <laughs> getting to this car park. 
and his Tommy's car's in, and I'm in my little Audi, and he's in his BM, and we pull up, and he gets out, and then there's a woman next to him, which is Kerry's wife, who's um, yeah, I've she's, to Kerry she's beautiful, yeah. she's amazing. Yeah. This is one thing about Taylor I want to say as well. Her mum and dad are the nicest people, the most, they're the most supportive, genuine, a full family are, the, the supportive, the genuine, the very, like, I wouldn't say they're on, well, they're on the ball, but I wouldn't say they're, like, marketing. I'd just say they're very, like, switched on. Like, they just want nice the best. People. They just want the best for her. And, you know, we speak daily about how we can help Taylor, you know. Her dad, her dad has ideas, and then I'll say, actually... Well, I said, like, when we'll say it on the podcast, but I've said it already to Kerry, like, I, like, invited them to bring Taylor up to digital. Yeah. Like, obviously, she can't come on a night time, but I invited... It does get up, tough with Taylor. But, but I invited to come up through the day, yeah. and we'd open the club up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, bro, so, so, you, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I was going to yeah, say, yeah. You, you, you come with them, and we'll, we'll you know, do the day on a well, Saturday this, or something yeah, on a school I'll, holiday, I'll, we'll open the club yeah, up, yeah, 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 yeah. and she can have a play I'll, in the booth, yeah. and, like... Uh, while while we're, getting, we're getting Taylor as well, I'll, I'll say some of the other amazing things I've But So, anyway, so I'm getting to this car park, and obviously, Stephen Carey sat in the car, and obviously, I can't see... I'm only, like, seeing from, like, a brief thing, and I'm seeing this woman, and I'm thinking, oh, that might be Taylor. Obviously, that's her mum. <laughs> so, so them two get out of the car. I'm like, Steve, you're right. And I'm like, hi, I'm Kerry. By this point, no, the doors in the car are open. Next thing you know, the back door opens. And I see the feet, but I don't see a head. And the blacked out windows. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, what? What? Like, where's, who's this? Like, and then this just nine-year-old girl just appears. And for anyone that's seen Taylor, she's the cutest looking, most like. Yeah, she's kind of. Without sounding weird, because you yeah, know I love kinda... like I love her to bits, but like, she's like. What's her what's her socials and stuff? Uh, so I believe it is Taylor Shipley DJ. She's Taylor. If you put Taylor Shipley, in, it'll come. Yeah. Up. So anyway, so she's like the most adorable young girl you've ever looked. She's not. I'm not saying there's a stereotype for what a nine-year-old girl DJ would look like, but I can't, she's definitely not it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this little girl just steps out the car, and I'm like, "Hi," she's like, "Hi, I'm Taylor," and I'm like. I'd instantly just like believed in her. I just fell in love with her as a person and a family. Like from that gesture, what they did, I just fell in love with that family because yeah. that was just like. And, it, I, and do you know what was crazy, right? So like, so it all happened a bit quick because I was in a bit of a rush by this point to get to the gig. And we had a quick chat, and she was, and I was, I was like so shocked. Do you know when you, do you know when something happens in life and you're shocked, but you're that shocked you can't, it doesn't sink in. Yeah. So then a the mum and dad goes, "Can we get a fur?" I'm like, of course we can, yeah, and I'm, I'm still doing like trackies and that, and I'm like, yeah, let's get a little photo, right? So we get a photo, and then she's the semi as I'm driving home, and if anyone from the um, traffic safety are listening, I was sat on my phone in the car, and I uploaded the photo to my Instagram yeah. and my Facebook page, yeah. right? Of me and Taylor, because I said I'd do it as a favour to sort of help her, of and this was nothing, there was no agreement there, there was nothing, and there still isn't, it's just a genuine thing so I put this photo on and I basically explained the story of how I went and met this what I've just said to you yeah. obviously in a more detailed way there was a few more things and like yeah. she got out of the car and this nine year old girl stood there and then obviously there's a photo of me and her with the decks that I've lent off her yeah. and obviously I've put this photo on at half six I've got a bit of the gig for seven so I'm getting a shower I'm rushing I'm going to the gig get to the gig you know I'm setting up I'm not on my phone so I probably haven't been on my phone for like two hours now like literally not even looked at it I went on my phone the Facebook thing's probably been shared a thousand times. Wow. The Instagram thing's got like, and, and I'm not likes and shit doesn't matter, but that like it just amazing. shows you how quick yeah, this amazing. spread, this story spread. So then the, the photo of me and Taylor on Instagram has been commented over like two hundred times. It also shows the good that social yeah. media. And I just see, I can remember when I looked, when I followed her that day, she probably had like two hundred followers. By the end of it, there was she's like, got more than me now. She's got, she had like a thousand, <laughs> yeah, she had, like, she's got like five and a half thousand followers yeah. now. But like at this point, she had like a thousand followers within a day, and it's like. 
that is a lot of organic growth in one day for one brand, yeah. and it just blew. And you think as well, how many people was probably talking about that and saw it, and like. And you got some gigs, right? Uh, what's that? You've got some gigs, right? So, well, yeah. So, as you were saying about bringing it to digital, so like, obviously, that's how the whole Taylor thing blossomed. You know, I invited her down to my studio. We just built this friendship. Like, I, ju- I genuinely think she's in this industry. She's my best friend. Oh, she's genuine, and her family are just like my friends. Like, they're just her mum and dad are so cool. Like, it's really funny because like. A mum will probably. A mum. They will. If, if anyone's going to listen to this, it'll be them. They they they're so cool. Like, and obviously I'm going to tell them to listen to it because I'm t- speaking about them. Um, but like, a mum and dad are awesome. But like, it's so funny because like me and her dad will have like proper lad chats. You know, you know how it goes. Like we'll have to, we'll have like them. Come, <laughs> and do you know we'll send each other videos. You know, like them. Do you know them like videos on like WhatsApp that go around of like. There's a, there was a video that used to go around. It was like what was it? And it was like it was like this guy and it was like it was like BC and you and he it was called. Freddie, t- Freddie talked to someone, and it was like it's like a mad comedy sketch video, and it was very, very. D- and me and the dad will talk about that, and then me and the mum will talk about different things, and then me and Taylor will talk about different things. It's just like they are just friends, and now they've become friends with my mum and dad, my sister, like my girlfriend knows them. Like they've become like friends of our family now over the last oh, few man. years because we're just all genuine people for yeah. the same reasons, doing the same thing. Yeah. So obviously that started, and then like. Opportunities just started arising. Like my friend Dan, who runs Jaloo in New York, and New, there's one in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, Jaloo, right, yeah. So he runs a York one. So he invited Dan, like similar to what you're saying. That went went really well. I didn't go. I could have gone. I didn't go. Um, and then something happened in Ayanapa. That's right. She went. She actually went to Ayanapa without me the first time because I couldn't go. I was. I, we got. I got asked to go. And I couldn't go. So she went with the mum and dad. But because I knew the people there already, and I knew there was like like-minded people, you know. And what happens is people message Taylor. Her dad then messages me and says, do you know them? Are they all right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'd never shy away from anyone, but if there's someone that I think is maybe trying to exploit her or anything... Because, you know, people do pick up their reputations and there's a lot of people who would do that. And she's young. There's no money involved. There's nothing. Yeah. People, when she gets booked for a gig, people say to me, oh, how much shall I pay? And I'm like, don't pay her. Buy her some headphones. Buy her, yeah. buy her a laptop stand. That's pretty really sound. Buy her a hard drive. Yeah. So, I've like, she's accumulating all these little things. Like... She gets booked for parties, a guy bought a hard drive, she can now back up her music. That's cool. She gets booked for parties, someone will buy like a laptop skin with a yeah. name on it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I make sure that she gets looked after. Yeah, that's cool. That so, way. anyway. Because she's just done a thing on a Sunday, hasn't she? Like, she's done Yeah, so we did an event on Sunday, but like, what it started with Iron Apple, this was the first sort of thing, and obviously it was a big sort of thing. So, she went to Iron Apple. Yeah, international gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm just trying to think, was that her first gig? I think it was. Yeah, Iron Apple was mad. She was a bag of nerves as well, and I wasn't even there. But then the second time I was, so the second time we both headlined a, a club so in the day, like a cool. beach party. It was yeah. so sick. Like it was probably one of the. There's a video of her DJing, and me and my mate Danny was also like a good mentor to her in the background, and it was just I didn't know it was getting filmed. You know, it was ne- it was not posed. It was not prompted. She drops like MK piece in me, and like I, that's one. Of, that's my. That is me. If I could describe myself in a song, MK piece in me, I should love that song. So like she drops that, and me and Danny just. So bad, like, and, and like the look we're giving her, you know, I'm, I've got my arm around, and it was just real. And it, it, that again, that video went crazy viral, like, like and all these things, and like, so that happens. And then, like, the problem is, so many people want to book her, but they forget she's nine, and she can't play in the club. Can't like, clubs. you can't do club. Like clubs have literally said, oh, I'll get Taylor for an hour at like half nine, ten. I'm like, even that, you can't do. So she does like brunches and stuff. So then my, I play for a brunch. My friend books her for the brunches. Um, she's done. Yeah, she's, I get a lot like she's getting Dubai, what's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dubai what, day what, circuit what, what, Something else happened, but what happens is like I'll get asked to do a private party and I put her on to her. Like if I get asked to do like a thirteenth, like obviously like 
as you build, guess, yeah. as you build yeah. up your following, young like you know different age ranges and people become fans of your music. Yeah. So like guys will message me, or like, even people I know from years, but oh my daughter loves your music. She's a big fan. Would you play a party? And I'm like, yeah. I can't, but Taylor can do it. So I'm saying, I'm not saying I'm past it. I I do it. I still do any gig if it be, like not if it benefits me, but like if I can. Yeah. You know, and it's there's some leeway in it. I'll do it. Of course, I will. I've always had that thing. Like I've always had that. Like never turn down a gig. Like really, never, like, ever, I'm, ever. I'm, I'm a professional DJ. Yeah, like. and it's not. And, and never turn down a gig, and especially if like if. Anyway, so yeah, I, I pass a lot of stuff onto her now, and she's smashing that. And then like, what's happened is now is you know she's building up a sick following because she's putting these mixes out on. Uh, yeah, the wicked man. And they're so sick. And the good thing, what I love about it is this is nothing to do with me like she'll tag the artist so then the artist become aware of her yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is how she's actually building her own identity yeah. away from this whole of Ben really is the reason I know you which I love because I don't want that she's her own person bro she's yeah. unbelievable like, yeah. and, and she like I remember so obviously like she came when we first met she'd started DJing um, and I, I did I did show her some things yeah but she what I, what I love about Taylor is I'll show her something she will go and take that and be, make it her own she goes and learns shit like and, and like for example like I showed out to you Serato on like these like Pioneer decks she then went out and got the USB version of them decks and jumped onto USBs learned how to use record box without me prompting her yeah. like she uses USBs now she's sick man like she's so good and now like recent, more recently like obviously like you've doing the damage of like give her some free stuff which yeah. I haven't got so I need to, uh, <laughs> I'll hook you up mate I'll no 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 I, uh, honestly I'll say to anyone listening like if anyone was ever going to do anything for me do it, do it for me do it for Taylor like I'm yeah. not I, like that's my like that gives me a good feeling, you know, like, I'm not, like, this game, like, like we've discussed and we're probably going to discuss more, it's a very lonely game, yeah. so to be able to help someone is such a nice, humbling, like, and genuine feeling, and as just, you know just, just to make positive connections. Yeah, it's, posi- it's positivity, and, like, there's yeah. a lot of negative shit going on, so, like, that's amazing. So, yeah, so, like, more recently, like, Tool Room, Mark Knight yeah, has sent her a letter, yeah, Mark Knight has sent her a handwritten letter, sorry. it's kind of weird, though, because in the last three months... Mark Knight s- supported my music and then supported Taylor. And it's sort of like a, we're, we're hopefully building that movement there. She's reached out to like Sam Devine, Defected, yeah. obviously like a few female DJs supporting her. She's getting invited to like some mad shit. Like two of them have invited her down now. Uh, she's done stuff on BBC, I think. Like radio. Cool, Shit's going on. So man. go check out. Go go Google yeah. Taylor shit with DJ. Let's let's go back to you then. Yeah. So oh no, I would rather speak about Taylor. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about your production then. Yeah. So so you DJ. Oh, let's let's think a couple of things together. So you're now DJing fucking day and night, middle of the night, middle of the morning. I any, know. Any, any yeah, any gig that's going, you're taking it. Pre party, after party, club gig, whatever. Are you still? Have you have you have you binned off the the IT thing? Ah yeah. Have you so, still, because I think this is also like a huge venture uh, to opening some the night shows, man. Um, so um, I'm alright, thank you. And they, so I think it's also an interesting point to talk about is the point where you stop doing what you yeah, might yeah, be yeah. doing through the day and start just taking oh, yeah. your living from music. Yeah. So, so I'll tell you what what happened there. So I'm doing like six nights a week, give or take. Um, Which is demanding, even if you're not drinking, it's still demanding, oh, yeah. man. Like it's it's. Demanding. And I am actually getting to that point where it's like. I don't think I can carry on doing it this way. Something's got to give. Because one thing I, I'm going to talk a little bit while you're eating. Because one thing yeah, I just need to eat. Because right. one thing that that I often like say to people and like think about is like DJing really is just a countdown to silence. 
like so whenever you are playing like what you I don't know if you do but most DJs use like remain on their track right yeah and then so when you're looking at your setup yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, when you're looking at your setup two decks three decks whatever you've got a countdown on the music that's playing yeah. and the countdown tells you when that track finishes right uh-huh. so people who's not a DJ and all that is is a countdown to silence so and if you've got a lot of people in front of you silence is your enemy like yeah. <laughs> you need to be playing music and and the more and more the better you get the more developed you get as a DJ the better you want to mix the record in the better you want the next record to be the more yeah, harmonious yeah. the energy levels whatever so what I often say is like if you're DJing for like I mean you touched on it six hours even four hours even two hours that is two hours of a level of concentration which I don't give probably anything else. No, no. I'm so sorry. even production or anything else, like you just said before, you can be producing on this screen mm-hmm. and then just switch over to the other screen to look at some earphones and Amazon. Yeah. But you can't do that if you're DJing. Like you've pretty much got to entirely completely yeah. focus on what you're doing for that period of time. Well, this is this is where the six nights had to come to a halt because obviously there's, there's playing six nights in a busy club and yeah. you probably can focus, but when you're playing to maybe... Don't get me wrong, the weekend nights were big, were good. Okay. But there was still, like, not amazing. Um, and the midweek nights were sort of, like, I was, back, I was literally background music. And that's when I started, like, learning more techniques and practising okay. and stuff. But anyway, so, like, it is very hard to, like, focus for six hours when you're um, playing to five people. And I'll admit, <laughs> a lot of the time, I'd maybe slip a mix on, go and speak to the bar staff, go and speak to the bar. You know what it's like when you're in a dead bar, yeah. like... Sorry to anyone that was paying me for that, but like, <laughs> in my defence, you wasn't paying me the, a good amount. So yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, but like now, so that that was going on. And I was I wasn't losing the love, but I was thinking, right, I need to up it a bit. And at this point, you know, like I say, I was making a song and dance. I was building a good reputation, so I thought I'm probably worth like more now. And I'm still doing the IT job, so I can't keep going with it. So what happened was I then picked up a Friday Saturday night in Revolution, okay. which is obviously is a big name. Everyone, yeah. everyone who goes out knows what Revolution yeah. is. But it had moved, it had changed its name to Rift and Co. Okay, which was like a rebrand because it obviously had its time. And this, this is the point when I guess some people would say club and changed, and you know it was more people was pre-drinking and not late night. Bars. So the bars like Revolution struggled yeah. because yeah. cocktail bars now are the coolest thing in the industry. Okay, cocktail bars and late night bars like Neighbourhood and all these cool bars like there'll be a lot in Newcastle. Yeah. They're the cool things now, but at this point, it was you go to the club at 12 and you leave at 3 or 5 or whatever. Yeah. He wasn't going to bars, but um, I picked up Revolution, Friday sat there, and they offered me £100 a night. So I've now cut down to two nights, £200, but I can do my IT job. So it then became a weekend week balance. Okay. Um, so I sort of like went backwards, but the, like it was a right... It you was went backwards, right, but forwards yeah. at the same time. But then, um, so that happened, and then... What I did was, I got my car, I started driving, and because I've always been quite switched on, I thought, I need to get out of Hull and learn. Um, I did Revolution for a little bit, but then I did, you know, QVC, the agency. Yeah. I know James spoke about this. So, for the same money, after after petrol, probably like, for £150, I was going and doing a gig anywhere in the York, in Yorkshire. Yeah. Um, but by petrol and food, it was probably £100 still, but the thing is... I'd go with the GoPro. Yeah. I'd go with private edits that no one's heard before. Yeah. And I'd start smashing these out and be like, and then the next day I'll put it on my Facebook page. Have you ever heard a drop like this in a club? You know, like the bait stuff, but like, that's how I built up a following. And then these clubs would probably see, I'd tag the clubs. So then the clubs would be like, right, well, he's got a good following. He's, he's putting a bit of effort in. So they'd want me back. Um, and then they'd up the money, and then I'd go and be like, right, no, I'll Doesn't it, I mean, I've never touched on this in a podcast. Is the agency, like, so I've never been on a DJ agency ever, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, and well, actually, I didn't last long. <laughs> uh, uh, right, well, but funnily enough, after walking out of James' studio, I was literally like, 
you know, Googling QVC and thinking about ringing them, right? But to be fair, I haven't got that many spare nights, so I didn't bother in the end. But yeah. I've never been on a DJ agency, so just out of interest, because no one else has touched on this, like, good, bad, like, positive, negative, like, what's good um, about it, what's bad about it? If someone's out there who's got a couple of gigs, who's working in a bar on a Saturday night, should I'd ring say, an agency, yeah. like... Just honest thoughts, man. If no one's out here yeah, to like bin off QBC, by the way. No, like, no, no. Like, a, any agency in the world is just. Actually, if you can get, if you can do it without an agency, do it. Okay. Because now, I'm looking that same as you. We probably don't need one. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say I don't need one. I don't need one at the current climate because we've built a name. We've got a reputation. Gigs I've got an agent. Sorry, by the way, Mark. Yeah. But I don't, I've never used a DJ agency. There is a difference, like for for people. Like, I don't. Um, I turn a lot of gigs down now. Okay. Which is great. It's compl- I'll tell you, I'm humbled by that. But, like, at this point, this was how I got out because that got you if you're out a there. DJ that hasn't got okay. a following or a brand or a network, that's how you build it. You also used it to get you out of. Yeah, I, was, I use it as leverage like to get me out there. Yeah. So I use that as, like, a, right, I'm clued up. I want, I want to, like, I've, I've done this social media shit. Like, I'm doing it. I know what's going on. I'm very switched on with, I've, I'm, I'm quite aware of what's going on. I'm always watching, even now. So, like, at this point, I'm thinking, right, if I get out of hole and build build this whole thing, people are then going to be like, actually, he's going to places, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I'll take a friend, hold the camera, whatever, put it on a mount, anything. Yeah. Get the videos every week, and then I build my social media's building. I'm not doing remixes or anything by this point. I'm still DJing. I'm playing anywhere, any music. But uh, the thing is, because I had an energy for it and I was fresh out of the book, I impressed quite a few people. And the maddest, the thing, the biggest compliment I've had in my career is the fact that these guys that used to have me as a resident for 150 and James will say the same and now booking me as a guest DJ for 500 or whatever yeah or more and the rest yeah and the rest well yeah but more money is yeah, the point for a proper wage same yeah. with James like James used to be the resident at Prism in Leeds yeah. where I've DJed where yeah. I've, I've you know I've and like that's a compliment to go back as a re- as, as, as when you've been a resident as a guest, guest set. Yeah. so that's a great compliment but that's happened, and but anyway, so I was just building this reputation, going all over, doing all these nights, and then what had happened was, this is where it worked to me was I was doing all these clubs on like a Friday Saturday night as like like covering. So were you still doing Revolution first, and then no, going, no, no, or no. Are you taking nights so off from Revolution? I think I took the Saturday off Revolution to spread my wings, and okay. then eventually the Friday as well. Okay. And then the Fridays, what so what happens? I was doing Fridays at Revolution, which was Riff and Co. Then I went to Saturday nights. I was doing one-offs, get cover sets. So I'm meeting all these managers. But what happened was. This is how it became a full-time job because these managers would then offer me the Wednesday night in that club as a student night, yeah. and then I'd meet the promoter. So then he'd offer me a Thursday in a different city. That's when, like, like that's when it grew, and at that yeah. point, that's when it became a job. But what had happened was, and then the Friday in Revolution, um, I got offered a club which was Sugar Mill, and that's when I met Gaz Maxwell, okay. who's Jack Shizzle, PBA yeah. Jack Shizzle, who's like this podcast off and said yeah. it was rubbish. He didn't. He, just, he, made, he made a comment on something. I'll tell you when the cameras are shut. He's going to hate me for this. I look like a bitch, don't I? Anyway. Um, so. Cancel Gaz, not happening anymore. Yeah. Fuck you, this is, last, this is the last episode. Jack, Gaz, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so I made this move to Sugar Mill, and I was actually... This is another thing what people forget. Like, I took a pay cut on the Friday to £50 from £100 to learn off Gaz, because okay. I knew Gaz was shit hot. Okay. I was his warm-up leader. Okay. That in Hull? In Hull. Okay. So I sort of took a back seat, but the thing is, it won't be in a big club or was a, a step to me. Of course. I wanted to be in clubs. I'd, I'd sort of fell out of bars at this point. And because I'd done Revolution for over a year, same sort of sets, like, 
not saying the same sets but the same style and format I got a bit bored yeah. and I was excited by the new challenge yeah. yeah so I went to do all these clubs on the Saturdays built this reputation I started getting offered like midweek gigs I think that's when it gradually transitioned into a full time job yeah. and then um, I got this Friday at Sugar Mill and obviously Gaz if anyone knows him as Jack Shizzle is sh- fucking smashing the arse yeah. of it like PBH if he doesn't I wouldn't put any pressure on it but if he's an Gonna like be like a big thing in the next year or two, then I'd be so surprised because yeah. no one deserves it more. He's a phenomenal, like guys, guys. Paul, Paul is, is so so cool and so good at what he does. And I, I know I, I'm not. It's not a comparison because they're both amazing. But I know guys are a little bit better than Paul. I met Paul through guys. Yeah. So I know guys like I know his routine. I know how how hard he works and he's just phenomenal. Like, I don't know anyone that puts that in, but the thing is with guys he doesn't shout about, he just does it. Yeah. We also I'm the I'm the worst for like oh grafting my tits off studios and he doesn't do that, he just works. But as a DJ, as a club DJ, aside from Jack Chisel, as Gaz Maxwell, as a club DJ, commercial, mashup, student, anything he's sick. Like mic work, he reading the crowd. So I went to learn off him, he taught me how he taught me how to use a mic. Fast forward a little bit he moved on to Big Adventures because obviously Jack Shizzle started blowing up. I then got the main room set. The money's going up to like maybe like £200. Yeah. You know, the Saturday nights are going up to like £200. And then the student nights are coming in. So like, I'm, like this time, you know, you're going up to like £560 a week. And down the man, I'm probably at 21 at this point. And it seems and like I, a fortune. Bro, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. lot of, don't get me wrong, let's not be disrespectful here. It's a lot of money anyway, yeah. at any time, to anyone. But when you're young, and I, yeah. I was similar, I was earning a similar amount of money when I was like 19, 20, 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you feel like a fucking millionaire. Yeah. And at this point, God I knows think, what footballers feel like that when they're, when yeah. <laughs> when they're only like hundreds of grand. I'm still, I'm still put, I'm, I think at this point, so I'd left the IT job, but I'd set up, because I've always been into marketing and IT, I, I, was, I used to do website design, photography, and video, okay. which obviously we'll touch on yeah. soon as well. So I'd set up my own agency with my uncle, who was in the, the entertainment industry. Okay. So obviously, because we're both entertainers, we set up something we could do on the side. So we do websites like 400, 500 quid. So I'd maybe have a couple of them a month coming in. Yeah. And then I'd have this amount of DJ. So I had a lot of money for my age. Like, yeah. at 21, yeah. there's not many 21-year-olds pulling in maybe like £3,000 a month, I'd say. I know, I don't want to talk about money. Like it's, I'm, just, I'm just explaining no, to people not, yeah. how the money side of things is. Because yeah. I think, as well, I'm quite honest about it because... I think people sort of wonder, and people always go to me, you must, you must be fucking minted all the time. And I'm like, obviously it goes up and up, and like, look, I'm fortunate to, to pull in a good, as I'm sure you have, but like, I don't think people know the way it is and how much you actually have to invest in your brand to get the money. Yeah, I don't think... I and don't, how much it actually costs yeah, to run and, this and lifestyle. And also how prepared you were, as I were, to do gigs for nothing or for yeah. very little money to get, <laughs> to, like, to like, move on. So like... You know, and I guess that is similar in a lot of industries. So let's not take anything away from some guy who's grafting as an apprentice. Yeah. You know, and you know, and he work, learns his trade, then he becomes a he owns his own building company. A lot of people have got to, have got to go in and have got to be prepared to do stuff for nothing. Yeah, you've got to be, you've but, got to be prepared to grind, man. But, like, and you've got to be prepared to invest back in your yeah, in and, that, and that's that's what I think. Anyone who sort of could look at me and my you know my social media now and see the gigs that I'm doing and think. Oh yeah, he's a young kid. Because a lot of old, I wouldn't say even old DJs, like old school DJs would yeah. probably look at someone like me and think, oh yeah, he's like it's, it's all social media. Like, but do you think that came from nowhere? Like, do you think that came from nothing? You know, like don't get me wrong, I know there's a lot of um, 
And here's like a little tip for anyone listening. Like, there's a lot of conversation around the whole like Instagram and people buying followers and all this shit. And I, str- I you kidding me? One at the end of the day. And if you go, and there's a website you can check. And I'm not going to name any. Right. Yeah, I've yeah, checked yeah. quite a few people's accounts, and you know, they've maybe got like ten, twenty thousand followers, and, and and they are fake. But like. You can actually, if you set up your Instagram as a business page, you can see your insights. Yeah. My insights, 75% of the people that follow me are males and females, age 18 to 24 in Yorkshire, which yeah. is where I predominantly DJ. Yeah. So that to me shows to me that I've done the right thing, you yeah. know. And what I'm saying is that, what, in a nutshell, I'm saying like anyone that doesn't know will probably look at someone like me and think, oh yeah, he only gets gigs because of social media. Whereas like what I'm telling you about the whole thirty pounds six nights a week while still doing a job yeah. is called craft. Cost. And then I've probably invested. Mate, fuck that. Going to house parties and playing for free. That's craft. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like turn up with three cans of Red Bull and some wine gums at and three in the what, morning. This is what and like building knows. fans, fifty people at a yeah. time what? for six months. That's how it works. And then what when I you get your it, first yeah. gig in a club, that's why there's five hundred people there because you've worked yeah. for that man. And what I love is the fact that anyone that knows me, people come up to me now. I've known for years from rugby, from football, from dancing, go, mate. You've like fair like in, in nightclubs now like you know I'm looking to play like really fucking big clubs and really big gigs and they go you've worked hard like people appreciate that and anyone who knows you probably appreciates the fact you have worked people that it annoys me when people that don't know you think you've been given something on a plate because nothing's given no um so anyway I've set up this IT company so I'm working like a few days a week with your uncle with my uncle from home uh, office and then doing the student gigs. And doing the weekend gigs, like building up this name. I'm probably at 21 now. My weekends are devoted to DJing. I know this is where I want to go. No, there's no production involved at this point. I'm doing all these gigs over Yorkshire. Um, I get the Sugar Mill Friday night, main night. So that's like a big night in Hull. Like I've got the main club, main night. Money's going up. Crowds are sick. Getting promo videos made, paying people. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm investing it back. Yeah. I've probably spent like a lot of money on Facebook advertising. My, my page is getting bigger. Yeah. Um, Saturday nights I'm doing bookings I'm doing one-offs I'm doing clubs but there's something every week yeah. consistently um, and I guess that's when the sort of I'm probably well, I've, been, I've been producing that like, just over two years so like moving into being 22 now this is like only a couple of years ago that's when my eyes no was, way you've only been putting records out for two yeah. years that is yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. ridiculous so, but, so but I'll tell you, if I tell you the story of my production you will understand anyone who listens who because a lot of people do think I've been doing it quite a while because yeah, admittedly they're probably like half I, 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 I think the shit but people probably I, I, I can appreciate the fact that people like I'm, I'm going to check my iTunes and see the first time I've got a Ben Rainey record in there whoa why isn't none of my tunes <laughs> misspelt your name so let's have a look what's the first one Ben 17. Rainey hype edit 2017, man. That's so my first remix, 2017. So that's two years ago. That's mad. And I used to hammer that um, Ben Rainey 17 VIP yeah, yeah. as well. That wasn't the first one, but it was the, the year. That's mad, man. It might have been the end of 2016. And it's funny so how you can. About and it's funny how you can see them getting like more and more and more frequent. You know, in like 2018, as I've seen loads of them in there. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so, so talk to me about so ah, Yeah, definitely. Like, what's what's the kind of like. What's the thought process like? Is it just like, I want to make records, or is it I need to make records to get bigger? Yeah, is it, um, I'll be very honest and open here, um, while I'm eating nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, when I first started producing, as everyone else does, and I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. Um, what, did you, what did you start on? Like, what Ableton, did you, always Ableton. Ableton. I've tried Logic, but I don't, the problem with Logic, I have is, if I have an acapella that I'm using for a track in Ableton, 
and it's at 100 BPM. My track's at 124 because it's house music. To warp it to 124 is just so easy. Whereas I never, I never ever learned how to do that in Logic, so I can't, I can't physically produce in Logic because I don't know how to do it. And I've looked for tutorials, I just can't learn. But I'm happy with Ableton anyway. Um, but I love Ableton. I'd love to be able to use Logic for collabs because I hate bouncing stems. Um, it's just dead. I'd just rather just send a project to someone. Like now, if I collab with someone in Ableton, I send the project with collect, collect all the samples. Yeah. But anyway, so I first started. And what I did was, you know, the whole YouTube shit, learn as much as I can. And I think everyone seems to go for this sort of like piano, organ, standard sort of. M1. Because it's safe, it's very safe. Yeah, and, it's, and don't get me wrong, and, and I think that's how, you, how I started because obviously I'm into house music, I'm learning. Yeah. And what I did was, I think I went on YouTube and there was a guy who made, who talked through a track, showed you how he did it, and then he gave me the project. I wouldn't say I cheated, but I had this project. Oh, you opened the project? I opened the project. But what I, what I then did was I studied that project. I didn't use it. I studied that project. And I, I sort of like, my way of learning was backwards because I learned that project. And then I found other people's projects. And like, I found this website where you can buy like templates. Yeah. So like, I think I bought, someone remade a track, which was a big house track at the time. I can't remember who it was. It was someone like, it might have been like an MK track or something. I can't remember. No, it wasn't MK, but. It and was, it was re, and someone had re sort of made it on Ableton. remade it. Like the dude, if you go on YouTube, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That tune that I was playing earlier to you, like there's a tune that, uh, by Lucas and Steve, I could be wrong, like a Brandy remix. Yeah. And it's banging, like banging. And someone remade it, and I've literally downloaded it last night because yeah. I will now study that and see how they've done yeah. it. That's how I've learned. Okay. So I was doing that for about six months, and I was trying to piece my own stuff together, but I was a bit unconfident that it was good enough. So this is probably like two and a half years ago now. Maybe touching three. But nothing's gone out. I'm not. I'm not technically producer. I'm learning. I've just started learning. But you, have you made any mashups or anything? Have you made any um, like, no edits or like no no? Okay. So what happened is I'm le- as I'm well as I'm learning to produce. I'm putting out bootlegs, and that's why I started doing bootleg packs. And that was something that massively helped me. Because yeah. if I can put out ten tracks in a pack and they're all going to get played, that's just like yeah. which I'm I'm going to be doing again soon. Yeah. Um, and it's a great way to build your profile. But yeah, the only problem I would say with doing it is. I wouldn't say I've had any messages or, ang- or I've upset anyone, but you can upset people if you bootleg in their tracks. Because I'd do like, I'd drop an acapella of like a house tune. Who's to say that artists might see that and be like, what the fuck, that's my tune? Do you know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, I have never had anything, but that could like piss labels off and stuff if I'm giving away bootlegs. Yeah. Like, you've got to be careful, but I've done it anyway. Um, fuck it. I think, I think, I mean, I think most DJs in our positions. Do that. Yeah. I think they're sort we, of know it happens. We can all name a lot of yeah. people like yeah. me, like you know, Q, Q, um, East Squire, and do you know what I mean? I obviously did it, and like yeah, yeah. Most most people, and Elliot K, and even you know, even James, yeah, yeah. James Hype. James, like, James built his James built his name off bootlegs. We yeah. all sort of have. So anyway, so I was doing bootlegs, building up like a following on SoundCloud. Um, but the thing is, what you, what you can be clever is a bit of advice for like young DJs. Like, if you're giving stuff away, make sure you get something back. Like, I would make you like my page, to yeah. get my track, which is you'd mentioned it before. I hyped it. Like, it, yeah. yeah, or like, or fan um, gates, like fan gates, like, so like, like, actually, or repost. Yeah. Or... And the thing is, people complain about that, but the thing is, if I've spent like six hours and money, why wouldn't I want to like, yeah. like, and I like your page if you put some out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, doing the bootlegs, learning the production. Um, like I say, I'm analysing tracks, but then I'm also paying people like, 
Not to... Did you go on a production car? You mentioned one Yeah, before. well, sort of. No, what I did was I paid people to go and sit in the studio with them. Yeah. Not on, like, a ghost production thing. On, like, a... I'm going to sit and pick your fucking brains for yeah. hours. And, like, there's two guys I can remember sitting with, and it was Tommy Mack from Liverpool, who's yeah. an awesome producer, and he's yeah. a good friend of mine. And he already was. Yeah. So it was more like a, Tommy, can I come sit with you? Yeah. Um, I can't I mean, I might have paid him, but, like, it was, on, it was more on a mate-friendly yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. you know. And I, literally, I think I paid him because I said, I don't want to not pay you, and then you're, like you're going to hold back like on what you tell me I want you to tell me everything yeah I did that and then I sat with who else I sat with I can't remember I've sat with different people I think that's a great bit of advice though, that is a I very that is probably the best thing I can I advise anyone, anyone. get before. in the room with people like yeah. the thing is now because I've got to a good level where I can produce and I'm, I'm you know I'm a named artist I guess you know I've got tracks out there I'm yeah. not saying I'm a named artist no, no, you've had released records yeah I've got, re- I've got yeah. records on big labels and take shit. your name at a beat pot you're yeah. going to find it man that's what I'm saying so like because of that I can now sit in a room with someone who I can still learn off but they're actually learning off me as well yeah. and that's a good thing but when you're first learning even if you have to pay for it, get in the room with people don't go on, don't, online courses are cool don't get me wrong I've learned a lot online but you can never learn more than you can in a room with someone. Have you so, done something like, is it is, is Point Blank online? I forget, again, I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not dissing Point Blank if that's not the case. But there are online courses, aren't there? Have you done any of those? Like, are there any yeah, like, I did like, um, Fader Pro. Okay. So there's... Um, who did it? I can't remember. Oh. Uh, no, do you know Ian Blanders? Yeah. Of Dancing Divas? Yeah. He does some sick courses. I don't think it's uh, Sonic. Sonic Pro Sonic, Academy. That's Sonic right. Academy. That's right. Yeah, I have been. I was a member of that. Yeah, like years ago. Yeah, and you, and, you, and you can download the projects as well, can't you? Yeah, like, Sonic Academy. Yeah. So he I, gives. I was, he yeah. he was one of the first. He, my first three three or four releases were very based upon his tutorials. Okay. I wouldn't say there was. They didn't use his tracks. Yeah, I just but used you learned. Yeah. Um, have you ever done one of those, by the way? Have you ever done like a kind of a walkthrough or a tutorial? No, but I've got, that's one thing I'm going to do. I think I'm going to start a YouTube. Um, Ollie James is really good I, I spoke to him the other week I'm going to do a podcast with him soon he's like, who's yeah, that sorry call Ollie James you might not know him because he's more kind of like big room EDM sound yeah. but what, he's, he's, he's like his name as producer yeah he's from around my way mm-hmm. and he does like walk through Wednesday or something every week on his, yeah. on his YouTube and just talks through like how he made his records and like they're wicked man think, they're really um, cool and Matt Nash is another really good one for like talking through his records are these boys on YouTube as well yeah and again it's like it might not be your sound no, but, you, but you, know, so. you know you can still learn from yeah. people like you can still learn techniques you can still learn yeah. about like the way you use certain plugins or whatever like, and then I you think, just yeah I think so it. yeah so I sort of like went on courses learned off people and like I said it's something that I want to do soon but what I'm going to do is because obviously I'm, I've only been doing this two years and like I said some people do find that's that I'm yeah it is mad yeah <laughs> It is mad. I'm a very sort of efficient learner. And the thing is, for the last two years, I've literally put my everything into it. Like, yeah. I, I don't think a day has gone by where Ableton hasn't been open. Like, the minute you leave here, Ableton will be open. Till I, till my game. Just Amazon on the other screen. Uh, probably be you. Probably be you, Paul. <laughs> I've not seen my girlfriend. For what gig you doing so, tonight? Uh, Mission in Leeds. It's unbelievable. That, nice. that 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 basically. Nice. Yeah. Is that is, is that like a student thing tonight? Yeah, so I do like a big student night, but it's, it's a house night. It's, yeah, yeah. it's called party. Cool. And it's like confetti, CO2. Like. What night is it? A Thursday? Yes. I'm going to come and do it with you on that. Yeah, mate, anytime <laughs> you want. So, it, so looks, it looks wicked. But, um, so. So, production wise, then, I just hit on a bit. So, we, we discussed this a bit before we started, but like, so obviously you, you sort of taught yourself, right? And we'll get that, and that's cool. Talk a little bit about like so. Then what did, you, did you, what was the plan? Were you trying to get signed to labels? Were you trying to just like obviously you touched on like the bootleg packs? Like like what was the first thing you got sent to a label? How did you even know who to send it to? Well, like, this is a very very good conversation. It actually it'll actually make me think because I've now been doing it for two years. 
Um, and I think I'm only just thinking about where I want to go because I'll be honest, right? So like, every track I've every track I release, I have to like, even if. But the thing is, I I'm in a position where um, I can make a tech track. The next one's going to be a piano. Yeah. The next one might be like an EDX style tropically track. Yeah. And the next one might be like a bit future housey. Okay. And I used to think, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I want to go defect because I'm my my if I could tell you where I want to be, it's defected. I know that. But I'm not ready for Defected. So what I'm doing now is I'm making every thing, single thing I can. I'm putting, if it's a bootleg, if it's an official, I'll put it out there. Because if in three or four years' time, or even two years' time, I'm making Defected-style music, and that's when I sort of get onto that platform, no one really, like James Hype said it as well, like no one's going to look back and think, oh, I used to make this. Like, look at how many people, look at, look at like... Uh, Mike Discala, Co- uh, Camel Fat, yeah. used to be old. He sang eyes. Pretty Green Eyes. On, on he wrote Neo's track, Let Me Love You. Yeah. He's wrote, and like, don't get me wrong, people know that, but people don't think, people don't go, I'm not booking Camel Fat because he did this. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, they're different brands, but I'm saying there's a lot of DJs like, Danny Howard used to make like spinning record style Future House. He's now pumping out Tool Room. Yeah. That's a prime example. MK used to write pop tunes. He's now one of the biggest house producers. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I used to worry too much. Whereas now I just make music and yeah, it happens, but like my, my actual goal at the minute is like it sounds kind of shit because like I guess I've had big re- I've had some big releases, you know I've had two room support and some, I've got some good streams and my belt and that. But like, I don't really look at that, but like sadly in this industry to get a look in you need to sort of have a you need to have a platform built. I think like for me to I've, I've like we've all had rejections, but like I recently feel like I've been. Not swear, but like I get, I sort of get like. If it sounds really shit to say, and it's just the way the industry went, I feel like if I had ten times the amount of plays on Spotify, so say like for at the minute a month I might have twenty five thousand streams a month, which is quite good. And my spot, my SoundCloud's really big, but they don't care about SoundCloud anymore. It's all Spotify because that's where the revenue comes from. Yeah. So say on Spotify, if I had two hundred fifty thousand, I can guarantee you I get a lot of more official remixes. I'd be getting. Bigger labels, you know, like, yeah. I, to be honest, I've never sent a track to a big label. Okay. I've never ever sent a track. And that's really, it sounds a bit shit, really, doesn't it? To say. No, no, I don't right. have the confidence to do it yet. No. I think right. I'm still finding where I, my, my feet, because I've only been doing it a couple of years, like, there's not many people that in two years got signed to a big label. No. Uh, we, I mean, uh, you know, certainly what, what, what I achieved from zero to two years is not what you've achieved. Yeah. Zero to two years and like, Even like. You've done really well, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, but like, I sort of have that much burning desire to get to that level, but I'm when I, it's only now I'm speaking to you, I realise like I've been doing it a few years. Like it takes people like ten, fifteen years. Even like James was like, I know we always keep, it's it's very easy to reference to James because he's one of us. Yeah. We all know his story. Yeah. He's a normal lad. He's from similar areas to me. He's from similar background. Yeah. He's the route I'm taking now is a very similar route to what he took. Yes, yeah. He was a regular I, DJ, I then he started doing guest sets, yeah. then he started building his production, then he started getting official remixes, then he has his own big single, and now he's gone. Yeah, I agree. Which is what, you know, could happen, but it might not. But like I'm saying, he's very relevant, he's very... But there are other, there, there are also different routes. Even like Danny Howard, like yeah. with the Radio 1 thing, like it's, it's, it's all... I never knew James came second. No, I never knew that. <laughs> I, no, I heard he was on it. But I didn't know it was that story. Yeah, I didn't know the full that, story. That, that, that was absolutely mad. So yeah, so I was going. All right then, and like, I'll probably actually talk to you about this when we finish recording. But like, at the minute, is there a plan? Like at the minute, is there like, this is what I'm going to do in 2019. Um, this is what I want to achieve in 2019. Yeah. This my, is what I want to do next year. Like, yeah. is there a plan? Yeah. Well, there has only just become a plan <laughs> in my head. I'm okay. going to say it publicly. <laughs> Literally, in the last ten minutes. Yeah. No. <laughs> 
it is something I've had to consider because I don't think I have a plan because if you if you have a plan then if that plan doesn't work you sort of feel disappointed. I have a direction. Okay. This year is all about content regular. So like regular content. So like I'm literally going to pump out. Um, at the minute I'm where I've got I'd honestly say I've got 25 originals that no one's heard. I showed you a few earlier. Yeah, yeah. Like I've got probably 25 tracks which are like 75% done. So this month I aim to get most of like they're all they all just need polishing off. Get them finished. That, that 25, if if they got released every two weeks, that's probably the rest of the year sorted and yeah. more. But you also know that even if only half of those yeah. got released, that would be a good result. It's a <laughs> but I've just found lucky that I've met I've met like I would say a manager. I've met a guy like a uh, what's the word like somebody who's a mentor. Yeah, a bit of a mentor. Well, it's not even a mentor. Just like, it's not like someone who can give me a bit of. He's got. There's a record label um, that are willing to. You know, give me quick releases, not rushed, but quick. And the very the decent size. I had a release on there two weeks ago. It's been supported by Tool Room. It's doing the streams. Big support What's the label. Devu Records. It's okay. Called. Yeah. They're not massive. Yeah. No. No. But, but then they've just got me signed to Tiesto. And like, I've got I had a track out two weeks with them. That's done like I think 10k streams already. I've got one coming out in two weeks on Tiesto's label. That's hopefully going to do well. It's like, there. That's happened so quick. There's been no messing. They've done with the artwork. I've got promo material for Instagram and SoundCloud, yeah. and that's all I want. Yeah. Because content. I need content. So if I can put a track out every two weeks, and or not even every two weeks, that might be a bit pissing in the wind a little bit. But like, for me, it's just like quality content, regular, and then that way people can't ignore you. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of DJs expect, or, or like producers especially, like they want they want the platform, they want to be on that big platform, but what like they're not putting content out and I'm the same because for the last six months I've been in a bit of a rut thinking where do I want to go and why ain't no one wanting, why ain't no one contacting me and I thought well I've stopped doing the amount of remixes and bootlegs and I have yeah. I haven't put a remix or a bootleg out for months I put a couple is that a out. conscious decision or is that just because at the minute worried? yes because right, I'm okay. focusing on the Spotify game but once I get all these originals finished then, which is, back on that. then I'm just going to go bootleg 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 right. so then all the club DJs are going right fucking hell we're playing these but at the same time in the background I'm having originals coming out getting spotted by a big and that way it's like double headed sword yeah. release a bootleg pack as well even more because okay. FM's the might start playing all that stuff capital yeah. so it's like this year I'm just going to make noise like and I'm not even going to I'm not even going to lie it probably won't be to the quality I can do this isn't like the thing is you just said I can't believe you've been doing it two years but like if I spent longer on tracks, I could, I could make better music, but for me, uh, I won't say it's quantity over quality, it's just get my... I want to show people what I can do. And I've, it's, I've got it's so difficult, though, because production-wise, some of the things that I felt was, A, if you work on something... One thing that we used to work with, one of the mantras we used to work to was, like, nothing's ever finished, you just get sick of it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like you could spend forever tinkering with the tiniest little bits of a record. It's never going to get... But then you also think the longer you spend on something, you just suddenly start to think it's not fresh anymore. Shit, yeah. Well, Or you just think it's not fresh. Because, you, because you've been listening to it for three months, yeah. you forget no one else to listen to it. An example is... Um, the track I said came out last week. Yeah. What tour room supported was literally about to get thrown in the bin. Like literally, it's got an original vocal on it which we paid for. Yeah. The singer's called Link Lewis. He's amazing. If anyone's looking for vocals, it's called Lewis Reynolds on Facebook. Um, unreal, mate. Like, how did you find him? Um, how did I find him? Good, very, very good. Did he record the vocals for you and send you them all? Yeah, but stuff I, I think we paid for the session. Okay. He did it in the studio. Like this is a thing. Like. If vocalists live near me, I'll, t- I'll ask them to come to the studio. I'll pay the co- I'll pay the cost of whatever. Yeah. Um, but if they don't, I'll say right, get in the studio. We'll, as long yeah, as it's we'll not pay. stupid yeah, price, we'll I'll pay, pay it. Sh- yeah. And obviously, then they get put into the track on percentages, however accordingly. If yeah. they wrote it, they get more. If they, if they just of course, cover. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so 
that track was going to go in the bin and everyone's raving over it still like three, three or four weeks after it's been released I think so it's like because it's so not you play it on tour room radio yeah right. night you did, yeah, yeah. so you've got a, you've got to think like like that strings of life track I did like that was nev- that was nearly never going to happen and that's probably been one of the biggest tracks yeah, I've done. I play it. it goes off it got mad support I had like Crider I mean Edge and Dance Sam Divine um I think even Oliver Heldens now because he's, he's gone a bit like underground somewhere, and he like it's sat in a really Helden. it's it's sat in a really nice place, I think. Like because I remember when I because uh, you always have that same old thing, right? And you must maybe you don't get it as much as me because I'm older than you, but you do sometimes see you go oh, another Springs of Life, yeah, Fucking yeah, hell. yeah. No, 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 and, no, no, and then I was that's like, why. So I was, but yeah. I was I was listening to it. I was like, right, cool, let's have a listen. And I was but I was pleasantly <coughs> surprised. I didn't, like I'm just saying, I'm sat here with you, but I thought it's sat in a nice place. Like yeah, yeah. And, you aren't too far away, but then you haven't. But interestingly, the people that you named there it was like. Yeah, it could it could get played in a kind of a futurey set. Yeah, it, yeah, could, yeah. it could get played in kind of a cool set. Yeah. But it could get played in like almost a classicy set as well. Just as yeah, a yeah, yeah. version. I think like, as well, like that, this is the thing. Like I'm because I've obviously spoke about my influences and where I come from. Like that old school feel is where that's me. But like I don't want to do like I've I've probably remixed a lot of '90s tracks and then scrapped them because I thought I can't do it. Like, Why? I don't know. I'll give you an example. Like I just showed you the Luther Vandross track that I've done. Like Luther Vandross. That's awesome. Yeah. It, no. And, and the thing is, I've, I'm coming to the thing is what happened was, so I started remixing Luther Vandross never too much, um, and I halfway through love I loved it, and then I was like, yeah, you get sick of the track. And when I got when I got sick of it, even though it was I knew it was a good idea, I got sick of it, and then I thought, and then I doubted it, and I'm like, I can't I can't remix Luther Vandross, and then I thought, fuck it, I'm gonna be cheeky and put it on my Instagram. And you know what it's like, you put a preview on your Instagram or your social media and like you get a couple of replies. Bro, like, I think I'm, because I turn all my notifications off so I don't get distracted. I think you have to do that if you're in this game. I turn, I don't get, like, people will message me while we've been sat here talking. I, I, don't, I don't know. I literally don't know. <laughs> and it's a good thing. But anyway, I literally, like, put it on about an hour later. There's genuinely about 30, 40 replies, like, wow. Like, all of them was like, wow. Off, off DJs, off fans, off yeah. girls, off boys. And that was when I thought, shit, I need to finish it, so yeah, now I'm going to finish it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but, like, I think when you do a classic, you've got to be careful because you are going to get... You see it on, like, it's like spinning records re- recreate. Like, Joe Stone, Joe Stone recreates every old school track there is. Yeah. And as much as he's sick, I do read the comments sometimes, and I see the old, oh, you'll never touch it. And it's like, you're going to get it, but, like, I, I'm very... Not insecure, but I don't, like... I was having this conversation with someone the other day. My favourite comment right there is this. I can't remember what fucking jacket it was. It was one of mine and the label. It would have been Spinning or Armada or something, right? Yeah. Put the track on YouTube, on yeah. their official channel. One of the comments was just, is there any way this could not get released? Really? <laughs> I was just like, for me and mate, they were in the studio just like going, that was just amazing. It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> to be fair, it's quite funny when you read comments because uh, there's a guy on, there's a guy on, uh, on my, I've never met him. I fucking love him though. It's a guy called Rob Kane. Did he give you shit? No, no, no. no. There's a guy called Rob Kane from Liverpool. Uh, Every single track that I post, he leaves like a mad comment. Let me see. Well, like super in depth. No, like like, a mad comment. I bet you I can. Let me find you one. Let me see if you commented on this one. Uh, He's fucking ace, mate. No, like he leaves like a dirty comment, like something like, "What did he say before?" He said something like. I want to. I don't know. Like, I'm sure he's coming on this one. Is it? I need to show you now. Like, I'm not going to stop till I show you. So it's called Rob Kane. Do from, command F and then put Kane in, and it'll find him. Oh, uh, will it? Yeah. Uh, it's on. I don't know where it'll be. It'll be on this one. 
So he's like a bit of a legend in Liverpool from the bounce scene. Right, okay. But he's also like an amazing resident DJ. I've got to know him pretty well. We chat a lot. And he, um, let me try and find one of his comments. You'll, you'll, well, I need to find it now to explain it. He just leaves mad comments, like really crude but really funny. Um, I want to find one now. If you're listening, Rob Kane, then you're a legend. Uh, of course he's going to be listening, because you're going to tell him. Yeah, I've got to tell him. To, to, he's getting a shout-out. Come on, his, I, need, I need to find it. For his mad comments. No, honestly, if I find this comment, you'll laugh your head off. He just puts <laughs> mad stuff like... Oh, I can't even describe it. I need to find his comments now. Please. Oh, why don't I go on his profile and read his... He puts out most people's Rob Kane. Here we go. But you can't get, like, many negative comments, do you, right now, on stuff oh, that you good. put up? Where is it? But you don't get negative comments, do you? Like, no, no, he puts good stuff. There you go. Like, there you go. He's put one of my last comments. I've, I did a remix and he just replies. Yeah, it. can't get enough Get your dick man. out, Rainey. <laughs> right? No but, then, no, but listen. He puts mad stuff. Um, <laughs> there you go. So the, the remix before, he puts get to mine, Rainey, and let me touch your sack. <laughs> like, and he does that on other ones where, let like, me see if he's done any more. Because uh, uh, I might have deleted... Oh, there we go. There we go. So he's commenting on Tommy Max saying, how about you meet me behind the bike sheds so we can see, show each other our dicks? <laughs> like, he just comments mad stuff. I like doing it on, uh, like, people who I'm really good mates with when I get their proper promos through, through like, There you go. Ben Rainey, I'll finger you, Rainey. <laughs> um, let me see if there's any more. Oh, man, I need to find more. He's just so funny. Like, he's, he, just, he just puts mad comments. Like, he's, put mad, he's, put, he's put even crazier stuff than that. Let me see if I can find another one. Oh, there you go. So then, like, another remix he put, show me where you piss from, Rene. <laughs> like, he just... And then, like, another one he put, thanks, Ben, you little sex stallion. Um, <laughs> this... Oh, there you go. There you go. That groove is filthier than my wife's knickers. Like, what the fuck? Do you know what I mean? Like, right, we'll have to stop let's, now. Yeah, let's, let's touch on... Your... <laughs> Last one. Boss this, Ben. Perfect background music for when I'm fingering. Like, what the fuck? Do you know what I mean? Like, he's just a mad... I just love reading them sort of comments. Let's touch on the mental health thing, then. Right, mental health, so... As a DJ, I mean, not, you know, we're not going to talk on the no, wide no, we'll scope t- of, like, no. everyone's mental health. I mean, but- to, to be honest, mate, like, um, it's, it's, mental health is something in my life that has become more of a thing recently, um, due to personal stuff. Like, okay. I, like, I lost my best friend to that sort of situation this okay. year. Um, but that sort of made me delve into understanding it more, if that makes sense. Like, there's, a, there's an organisation in Hull... I won't obviously go off the tangent of music too much, but like just really briefly the background of why yeah. I'm interested in yeah. promoting mental health. So there's an organisation called Andy's Man Club. Um, a guy called Andy died, well, obviously committed, and the guys around him sort of said, like, didn't know what his problems was, so they set this up so people could talk about the problems. Yeah. 50 people go every Monday and we talk. We just talk as blokes. And I go to understand, not because I have issues, um, but it, it does help. And I think... In maybe music. that's one of the reasons you don't have issues, though. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah, because I've, I've, I've never had a problem talking, even if I feel shit, like, I'll tell people. Like, if I felt shit, I'd tell my mum, I'd tell my dad, I'd tell my sister. Yeah. I'm lucky to have that, like, good family back, back in, where it's not everyone has. Um, but, obviously, that, that resonates in music because I think, like I say, like, my personal incline into mental health is because of situations in my life. You know, I've sadly lost someone so close to me, and that sort of opened my eyes to it a bit. But, like, I think with music... I think as well when it happened and like I understood it a bit more I've realised that I've probably been through situations but not realised because I didn't know what it was and I think in music you know with the mental health thing like 
I don't do drugs. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I was going to ask you if you do on it. I don't know. It's up to you. But a lot of people, just like party people, uh, DJs and stuff, you know, they'll get up on a Sunday and feel depressed. But what they was doing on the Saturday night sort of inclinates that. Yeah. And I think that's check yourself before you wreck yourself sort of thing situation. Like because there's an element of you've got to know when to sort of look after yourself especially like when I said about doing six nights a week and working yeah. if, imagine if I was doing drugs like the come downs the feelings the the emotional roller coaster. it's too much so like I think as a DJ you've got to look after yourself and I, I, I do actually read pod, uh, read documentaries that's what I read listen to documentaries and podcasts with DJs who talk about how they do like, like uh, what's his name Layback Luke talks a lot about life on the road and how he sort of does like yoga and fitness to um, balance out the travel and stuff. I spoke to Roger Sanchez about it when I met him. And I think as young DJs, burning out is a massive problem. And yeah. when you, the pressure that people put on themselves, like I do it, we all probably do it. Like like I say, like I just said to you about how many tracks I want to release this year. Yeah. I don't think I have to, but if I put too much pressure on that and then I only release 10, how do you think that's going to affect my mental health if I was a that sort of person? Do you know what I'm saying? There's also rejection. We discussed it before. Like, yeah. Like, re- rejection, like, not as a DJ, really, that doesn't happen that much. Like, obviously, you might apply for a gig or ask for a gig and not get it. But, like, more so with records, and, you know, we touched on this, like, you might spend, like, you know, two weeks, three months, six months cooped up in a little dark room on your own or maybe yeah. with one other person pouring your heart and emotion into this record... And then basically you've done it on your own. You think it's great. You might have played it to a couple of people, and then you send it off to some labels. Yeah. And basically, people just either yeah, don't yeah, yeah. either don't get back to you, or just I've go. Had that, I've had that where I've like, and that's tough. I've, I think it's even worse when I've had one. Um, I won't mention the label or the guy because you probably know him, and a lot of people probably know it. I'll say it off air. So he sent me the a cappella for one of his his tracks on okay. his label. Okay. Right. Asked me to remix it. It supported my other music. Um, and said, oh, send it to me. He didn't promise me the official remix, but it was like, as if to say, like, oh, so yeah. do this for me. So I did it, sent it to my manager at the time, was Carl Hannigan, who he knows, obviously very knowledgeable, knows yeah. his shit. Sent it to a few DJs, and you know what DJs are like? Like, I'm probably the same. I, to be honest, I try not to be, because I hate it. Like, if I, you send your track to a lot of DJs, yeah, wicked, man. That's all you get back. Oh, I love it. And if because you send me a track... But it, because sometimes... You don't want to even hear the truth. Like, there's there's a very, very, very small well, number of people who it, know like, that I, if they send me it, I'll tell them what yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most people, like, because yeah. it's not even really the first time I met you in person. If you just sent me something like last week and went, what do you think of this? I'd probably just go, oh, it's wicked, I'll play yeah. it. Whereas now, now I might know. go, all right, do you want me to tell you what yeah, I really you think? You know what sort of person I am as well, yeah. I think. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you what I think. You might, yeah, want, yeah. You might not want to hear no, it. No, no, but the but thing is, I think, I think as well, like, I get sent a lot of music of like young up and coming producers who, like, Sounds really horrible to say because a year ago I was probably making the same mistakes they are, but like just daft, daft shit like, you know, distortion like and like the work of side chains like the bass so like yeah. the bass is like way overpowering the kick and it'll be muddy and like stereo image and it's all stuff what you have to learn but like how do you tell someone like that all them things without sounding like a dick and be like a boffin? So I sort of just say have a listen to other tracks like and I'll maybe even send them a track what I think it sounds like yeah. and I really do help people and it feels it, do you know what it feels nice and then they'll come back to me and go thank you mate like uh, that is and they've sent me do you know what I love when someone sends me it back and it's, and it's fucking better. bang on <laughs> and I'm like do you know what I'm going to play that in a set and yeah. it's lovely because you know even just them words it's like 
that might have taken me a year to learn what I've just told you in a sentence, but I don't do, I don't, I'm not holding nothing back. Like, I'm yeah. not a private, you know, some people are like, oh, like, yeah, I, like, for example, there's a tune of one of your friends, what I've asked you for, which is, I think it might be released now. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you would, why would you hold that back? Like, I can go and get it. Like, why would you not? Like, with this day and age, but like, People are so secretive, like, oh, I have to take that, like, actually, that, like, I'll show everyone anything. That's why I want to do the videos, because, as well, if I show people everything, I have to go and learn more to know more. Yeah. And that then pushes you on. Yeah. So, there's that, and, like, yeah, I just think, um, the label that I sent it to, so I'd sent it to loads of people, this track, what I'd done for an artist, very, very reputable artist, and his label, and I thought it was banging. Carl thought it was banging, who knows his shit. Didn't give me any feedback negatively. The people that I trust for feedback all thought it was banging. And that's the first time that's ever really happened, so obviously you get excited and I'm thinking, yeah. this could be a big remix. This, yeah. this could be the one that gets me up there a bit. Big lit. It's, ma- it's a major label. It's probably a ma- it's probably one of the only major labels in the UK which is approachable and it's a person, it's DJ behind it that isn't run, it isn't run by big wigs, if that makes sense. It's run okay. by a DJ yeah. who's a producer as well. Um, was also a knobhead for rejecting me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Is it, is it, and it, to be fair, it, won't run, it was anything bad. So anyway, I believed in this track, and everyone else did, and you know, you get your hopes up, and then I sent it to him, never got a reply. It's horrible that, mate. And like, I even, the worst thing was, I'm friends with him on personal Facebook page, and I even saw this, the op- he'd opened the track, he's listened to the track, you could have just said no, I don't like it, or it doesn't take two seconds, does it? And it's like, and, and and for that, it, it leaves so many unanswered How questions. How long ago was this? This wasn't long ago at all, mate. He could still come back to you, no? No, no, it was long enough not to, because uh, he's had right. a fair release. And right. he's released a remix package. Without it, on. And it, and it sounds horrible. Like, we said this earlier, like, I would never sag anyone else who makes music off. But you know when that happens, like, we spoke about earlier, it's not, it's not being nasty to anyone else, but, like, you get rejected, but then hear something on the same label, which... You're like... You know the quality's not there, and it's like... How the fuck does this game... And that's when you start thinking, how the fuck does this, this game even work? Because, because that's when your mental health gets affected. For me, yeah. like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I've got mental health problems, but I'm saying that's when I start really doubting myself, and that's when you start thinking, am I in the wrong game? Yeah. And I think... But I think that's all part of the upbringing. You know, if we didn't... Like, if I... If, if you spoke to me in three months, and I go, fucking hell, I've just signed to a major, I've got a record deal, I'd, and none of this shit had happened... It wouldn't be worth it, and it yeah. wouldn't be part of the experience. Like nothing comes easy, man. Like, yeah. look at like we say, going back to the DJ, six nights a week, thirty quid a night, not worth it. Minimum wage isn't is more than that, but it's worth it to be appreciative of where I'm now. And I think with the production thing, I'm going through that phase again of like I'm building it. I mean, it's not where it needs to be. It's not there, but like I'm putting in the graph. So if it happens next year or this, year, or in ten years, no one can't say it, it grafted it's, his ass. It's a question for you. Like, can I ask? In you know. You have listened to some of your podcasts, so you've yeah. heard some of your answers. Do you think you'll ever get to the point that Mark got to where he was like, I'm going to stop DJing so that I can spend more um, time in the studio and protect my ears? Yeah. Or, or do you just produce question, to further question. your DJ, which is definitely what I did? No. Or, or like, could you see yourself I, writing for other yeah, people? Yeah, yeah like, 100%. If someone right. said to me now, I will cover, because the thing is, Let's be honest, unless you're smashing production, you're not going to end on one of your tracks. Yeah. You, oh, you, yeah, absolutely not. You, absolutely yeah. Whereas not. I can go out and DJ for... I, at the minute, I do Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Which, but is, I, which is a really good balance. Which is cool. And, and I took that... Did you do I, Thursday over the summer? Or just mission it's just, Yeah, it's just student night. So, so this, I took that subconscious decision so I had more time to produce. Yeah. And, but the thing is, I love DJing, 
but I couldn't do it for I don't think I could do five nights a week anymore because some people just want to be a DJ and that's enough for them they're happy to do five nights a week and they probably earn more money than us and they're probably happy because they do lots of good gigs but I need time in this place right here because I had a problem last year where I did take five gigs and, and I, had, I had all the money I wanted but at the same time I didn't have no time and the thing is I'm not one of these people that's willing to go and go well I ain't got the time to pay someone else to do it it has to be my track it has to be like I've never even when I call up with people like if I haven't put my equal amount in, like I've, I've called up with people, right? I won't say names or anything, but I, if I haven't put my effort in, I'll just say them, just, just, just release it, yeah. Videos. Because I'm not that guy. Don't get me wrong, like we've all we've spoken about it before, like engineering and uh, there's a thing called additional production, which is a good, this is a good bit of advice for people. Like, there's a thing called additional production, whereas you finished a track, it's not. It's not engineering, it's not going to production. You've finished it, but you know it's missing something. Yeah. So then you send it to someone to mix master and do some additional production, which is someone like Mark or yeah. other people. And there's not a problem with that at all. Yeah. I'll admit I've done that. And I'm sure... And even Mark, Mark, Mark Knight would admit that he would go yeah. and use... He'd use well, Mark, Knight's, Mark Knight was the guy that opened my ears to doing it because he said, if you buy a house and build it, yeah. you don't do all the work, you get an electrician, a plumber. Scaffold there. Uh, and the thing is, I'm not a mixing master engineer. I'm, a, I'm someone who's only just learning production. And you're not a trained classical pianist. So if yeah. you need to like really... Like, for example, I had a lad in here last week parts. from Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, I had a lad in here from Newcastle called Michael Walls. Yeah, yeah. You know him. Yeah. Really good lad. Fucking amazing. He's the best guy I've ever seen on a piano, right? Yeah. I showed him a tune. as a reference tune, right? Listen to this. So I'm sat here, sat in front of my screens and my monitors. I went, right, this is a reference tune. He went, get that piano on. Bang. He did it, but, like, he recreated... That as an idea, a unique idea. I'll show you the track. It's sick as well. So we, because he's he's the opposite to me. He's musically trained, but he can't. Well, he can produce, but yeah, he's yeah, learning. Different. Yeah, yeah. yeah different. So I showed him to produce, but he showed me that, and I was like, right, I want it like this. He went like that. I literally ran up to that door, smacked the door, <laughs> and started jumping around, mate, because I've never heard anything so fresh, right? But like, what I'm saying is, me and him are making that tune, but we're never gonna go. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm telling you now, like. He, and, and he won't be bothered like he wrote the track I produced it yeah, and, that, but that happens, and that's fine that but what I'm saying is I'll, someone else might sing yeah. it later like do you know what I mean like, so you look and someone else might write the vo- vocals that someone else sings I was watching uh, there's a guy called Benny Blanco yeah yeah have you heard of him producer yeah, yeah, yeah. so he wrote all of Ed Sheeran most of, he's, he's composed most of Ed Sheeran's instrumentals he write he wrote Justin Bieber's one of Justin Bieber's songs he's wrote uh, Calvin Harris I Found You he's wrote Little Mix's songs he's wrote loads of songs he's fucking amazing but none of them guys get... No one says about them guys, do they? Are. Carl, like, Calvin Harris is quite clearly a technical musician. But you're telling me that he hasn't sent them tracks off to people. Roger Sanchez even said to me, get a good engineer, because when you're on the road touring, he was like, you might be able to make the idea, but you won't be able to finish people it. People like Don Diablo. Okay, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, and I think that's, that's one thing I, I, I'm definitely glad we've spoke about, because I know a lot of people that... Um, like, I've, I've done engineering for people... Which I still do, and I've also and I've also had engineering because when it's your own track, it's so hard sometimes. Whereas if you sent me a track, I could finish it. Yeah. And this is what sounds mad. Like this is where you say about would I quit DJing? Because yeah, if people, if I could get sustainable engineering work, I'd rather sit here. Not, I would still DJ, but I'd just cut down because we well, you know we all do a few gigs where yeah, we, oh, yeah, it's for the money, yeah, it, you know. Yeah, of course. And it's 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 disheartening because I don't like that. I love music, music's my passion, but I don't I don't want to DJ for. But it might it might come up like in, in 10, 15 years time I when you're when you're happy to do one gig a week or two gigs yeah. a month and spend much more yeah. time. And I think that's where the end goal might be. But like, you know, it's like if if things things pop off, mate, things you can't decide. You've just got to go with it. But like, in terms of production, yeah, like, I'll, I'm happy to like sit here more and stuff, but. 
at the same time, I love DJ, and if it's the right gig, I'll, I'll take it, you know. So, um, so we, we touched on, on Taylor, who's obviously, like, super young. Yeah. But let's, like, wind forward a little bit and say maybe you're, like, you might be 16, 17, 18, 22, whatever. Yeah. And we talked about it, walking into here. What sort of advice would you give yeah, yeah, to someone yeah. who, maybe they've got some decks, maybe they haven't, yeah. like, yeah. but, but they, well, their aim is to, to play the sort of gigs you're playing yeah, yeah, yeah. now. Well, this is the thing, to be honest, it's nice to be able to do this publicly because... I have these conversations nearly day in day out, and the thing is, don't be wrong. Like, obviously, I will reply to everyone, but at the same time, you might message me at a time when I'm busy, and I'm not going to be rude, but you're not going to get the right answer. Whereas if I can sit, I'm sat with you. you know, yeah. I'm not on my phone. I'm not on my laptop. <laughs> I'm sat talking to you. I've had. I've, do you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're, I can I can say it exactly how yeah. I want to say it. And I think, to be honest, like. You're getting into a game where there's so many different ways you can do it. Some people, and there's no right or wrong. That's the difference. Great like. Point. I think I, my first bit of advice to anyone is, and this is a massive, massive thing, and you will fucking love this and agree with me, right? I got into DJing, how I told you when I went to, walked into that room and saw the DJ playing classics and how I've been brought up and even just the, the energy we're speaking with now, I think it quite clearly reflects that we are both in this game for love, oh, passion, yeah, and the right reasons, you know? Like, when you see some people talking like, yeah, yeah, and you know what I'm saying? Like, what I'm saying is, ask yourself, because I know, and I'm not... Obviously, I'm not naming any names because no one knows them anyway. But like, I've seen a lot of people come into DJing for the girls, and I know people now that go, they're doing all these gigs, like young DJs in my area, and they're doing a gig, and I'll talk to them and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm playing it so and so." Have you a bit of a shit behind? I go, "Oh yeah, but it's two hundred quid, isn't it?" And I'm like, "No." If 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 you're getting into it now, right? This is what I say to people: like, people come, come to me. I'm like, "Have you got a job?" Yes. Do you earn enough money from your job? Yes. Right. So you only do the DJing gigs you want to do. Only do what you want. Do listen to the music you want to do. Play the music you want to play. Do it your way, and you will have more success. Because we've all been guilty of doing gigs that we don't want to do. But I think I've been looking to find this niche now in the house scene, where it's like my style. You yeah, know, man. the gigs I play are all my music now. Yeah, and it's took me a few years, granted, but I'm in that position now because I worked for it. And I think like now, only get uh, my first advice is only get into it if your heart's in it. If you're in, if you're doing it for free drink vouchers and girls, then don't do it's it. It's not gonna work. Don't get me wrong. It'll work, it'll work for six months, and you might you might up your tally. You might up your tally. You might go from six out of tens to eight out of tens, but you will not last. Because I've seen it happen in the last two years. I've helped people that have disappeared. I've helped a lad go from from get some gigs. I'm not I'm not being nasty, but he got the gigs, got the girls, got everything he wanted. And then it just sort of stalemated because he didn't maintain. Didn't actually, Jamie. Yeah, he didn't actually have the. I think. I think. I think people sussed him out. Clubs sussed him out and stopped giving him the gigs. Yeah. Whereas, look at someone like Taylor or look at some some of the other people you know coming through. Um, like this, this, yeah, just like like for example, like there's two lads in Hull that obviously I'd, I'd like to give a little shout to. The guy called Lewis Roper. Yeah, uh, who's you know he's doing yeah. some great remixes. He's yeah. always on doing the damage. Yeah, um, I've. I've helped him with DJ and production. I didn't even know some Hull, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he literally just texted me now. I've just seen his name pop up. <laughs> Roper. I've got, he's got about 11 numbers, so I've got him as Roper 2019. <laughs> he's got, like, a new number. I think he has, like... Burners. he got yeah. burner phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not dodgy. <laughs> but, um, so, like, Lewis, for example, he, he, he sort of got into it about a year after me, and he's done his own thing completely, you know, I'm not saying I've helped him like that, but, like, I brought him in here, sat here with me, with med tunes. Yeah, I've helped him, that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I don't like saying I help people because but I'm not that person. But people yeah. help us, people help, like, you know, yeah, that's, that's 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 I just don't, I don't know, like, I feel like, even, like, with the whole Taylor thing, like, I don't ever want people to think of it as me because I don't like that. Like, it's a genuine, heartfelt um, gesture. 
I don't do it for people to go, oh yeah, he's done that. And like a lot of things, like when people, you know, when people come up to you, like, fuck hell, he did this, this, and I'm like, well, yeah, I just did it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't think, if you care about it, you don't think about it. Do you have a guy, Lewis, and who's so the guy? Lewis Roper and a guy called Yusuf. Okay. So we're actually sat in Yusuf's, this is Yusuf's studios next door, this is his, do you know what I said about the, yeah. so I'm, if anyone listening, my studio's in, uh, Hull. In Hull. It's very nice, but it's in like a store, oh, what would you say? What would you say this is? It's just an industrial area. It's an industrial area in, in like a building, yeah. which is owned by Yusuf's dad. Okay. So cool. he's helped, that's that's another thing is like that you need the support of your parents. He's, his dad's let us use this facility for free. Both of us have a studio in this room because he believes in what we're trying to achieve. Cool. And obviously I help Yusuf out with his music and stuff, but he's the other way around again. He's amazing at piano, he's amazing at the theory. I wouldn't say he's not amazing at production, he can produce, but I'm helping him produce. So it's like a two, it's always the nice, it's nice when it's a two-way thing. You, you can give and receive. So like, I'm helping them guys and they're helping me and like, them two are coming through and like, I've helped, I've given them advice and like, Yusuf won't mind me saying this and like, he's a prime example of someone that's, He's done a lot of gigs where he hasn't enjoyed. I wouldn't say he's done them for money. I'd say he's done them because he's passionate and he wants to get stuck in and then done them and thought, shit, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. But he's learning that now. And now he's going in his own like niche. And it's like, that's what I'd say. Like, firstly, passion, you need the it's passion everything. for it, is everything. Yeah. Before you even think about, oh, well, what can I do on social media? What can I do with this? Passion, right? Secondly, be a nice fucking person. Because, like, I can honestly say, except from one club, and, and I, I can hand on heart say that that's not my fault. It's the GM was power tripping. <laughs> and it was. And anyone who knows him, and I'm not saying his name, will know that. But, like, every gig, every gig, and this is one thing that's important, every gig I've ever done, I could get back. Or I could walk back in that venue. Don't burn your I could wear, Yeah, don't burn your bridges. Yeah. Because, and that's one thing I see a lot of young DJs do when they're a bit arrogant and, like, oh, they want more money so they leave. I've never been that guy. I, I, I struggle to ask for more money if I think I'm worth it because I don't like being a dick. To, like I think you've you've you haven't said it in this exact way, but you've highlighted it over the last couple of hours. And I think it was Paul that said it. But like DJing looks like a solo sport, but it's really a team game. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You've got to work with each other. You've got to work well, with like, friends. You've got to help each other. Yeah, you've got yeah. to learn and, from and, each and, other. Like, obviously, we've discussed some amazing things, and like it's nice to be able to speak about them. I could go on for four hours, but I don't <laughs> think people want to listen for much longer. Got to get train home, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I'll try and I'll try and not get too far into anything, but I think as well, like moving back on the whole mental health thing and the, and the whole setbacks, like it is in general a lonely game. Like when I leave here, I'm gonna sit in the studio now for probably six hours when you leave. Yeah. I'm gonna go and go for a run, have some tea. I'm gonna drive to Leeds, which is an hour away from me. I'm gonna play for four hours on my own. Yeah. And then I'm going to drive home for because an hour. Because you'll be lucky. That's you a 12 speak hour to, You'll be lucky if you speak to the light and tech. Yeah, Because yeah. you'll get there before the, before the club opens. Yep. So it doesn't matter how many people are in that club, right? Yeah. And I know this. You'll get there before the club opens. You might say hello to a member of bar staff or, yeah. a, or, a, or a member of management. You might say hello to the... You know, you might have a, a brief chat with, like, the, the light and tech. But you'll just chat about how busy yeah. it was last week or what, something. Then you finish. Everyone leaves the club. You leave on your own, pretty much. Then get in your car yeah. and drive home. And <coughs> what it is, is, like... As well, like I've had some of the <coughs> maddest like DJ moments, and I've looked to my left and right. There's no one next to me, and that's quite scary. You know, you have your highs. I'm not trying to put anyone you, on DJ. You, you tend to have your highs on your own, yeah. but you also tend to have your lows on your this own. This is the problem. Like this is the whole mental health thing. But like, I've learned now. Like for example, bank holders. We're recording this podcast three days for a bank holiday. Yeah. On bank holiday Sunday, I'm playing on. I'm playing a massive courtyard party in Leeds, which is fucking unbelievable. Called at Fiber. Yeah. It's well known. It sells out. It's unbelievable. Every time I play, everyone says I want to come. Yeah. And then I'm playing at a, a rooftop party in Huddersfield, and then I'm playing uh, my own. I'm running an event in Hull, and and they're, they're all three very diverse events. But on a day like that, I will ha- I will take people with me because. 
not only does that stop that loneliness, yeah. it makes me that becomes a memory. Like for example, this courtyard party on Sunday, I'm going to take one. Of my, I'm taking Yusuf. I'm taking my girlfriend. I'm yeah. taking a few other friends. It's like that. Don't just become a gig. It becomes a memory because that's what you've got to remember. Like, like for example, like I've been to a beach on my own and played at Ocean Beach. Yeah. That was one of the highlights of my career. But I went on my own. But then I've also been with friends. Got them in the VIP. Got them behind the deck. I got one of my best mates behind the decks in Ocean Beach and he's, he's to this day says that's one of the best days like, so how do you think that feels for me yeah. like you've got to build memories Sharing like as well like when I say about like being it for the right reasons like I'm not saying like like because obviously I said before about me doing six nights a week and I'm sober and stuff like I did that because I chose to do that but I wouldn't say you have to do that but I don't, I'd say like if you've got a good job like I mentioned my friend Lewis Hawks before he's got a good job he does the gigs he wants and he enjoys them like Decide what you want. Do you want to do it for income or do you want to do it for? It's different ways. I think that's as well. This is what I'm saying. There's so many different. We could sit about for hours because yeah. there's, no, some, right, there's people, no right way to do it. There's I know no some people do that do gigs for income, go on, switch off, they're happy. Yeah. I know some people like me, you, and probably like James and other people. We live and we, yeah. we literally. Yeah. I sit on the. I sit on the yeah. toilet thinking about music. Yeah. I sit in my car. Even when I'm listening to a podcast, in the back of my head, there's a melody. Yeah. You me sat talking to you. I've got an idea in my head of what. I, like a guy. Literally, I just picked up my phone. For two seconds during this podcast, a vocalist that I'm working with, we've been, we've had an idea for months. He's now just told me, like, ten minutes ago while we're in this podcast, this is quite cool to tell you. He's told me he's booked it on Friday to record it locally because he doesn't live around here. Yeah. So now, now I know that's getting recorded. I'll go make the instrumental now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that idea is flowing now in my head, in the, in subconsciously that idea is. You've got to, and as well, like, if you are in this in, in the game, it's hundred percent or nothing. Yeah. But. I think I think, it's, I think the other one thing is sacrifice like oh yeah I'm, 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 a lot, I'm a lot older than you but like I've sacrificed Weekend friends show. weddings I've sacrificed mm-hmm. friends nights out do you know I've what I'm so, glad, weekends, I'm so glad you've mentioned this weekends away so, so like, glad you've mentioned this it's like, yeah. and, and it is and it is and don't get me wrong I am not looking for anything no no no, I love no, no, my no life you've decided and I, and to I, yeah, yeah, I choose yeah. it but it is tough when all your mates are going somewhere you can't go do you know what I'm fucking so glad you mentioned that because you've got to think um that's fuck. Do you know what you've, you're having a bit of kind of worms there? Because that is one thing. Like I don't, I don't require sympathy because I've had some of the yeah. best things in my life happen. But in the last four years, from the age of twenty to twenty-four, I've not really gone out clubbing. I've not done. I've not. Don't get me. But it's, it's kind of weird because I've had a Saturday off in a decade, mate. I've yeah. Like I like I <laughs> I had one Saturday off. Right. I got back from a holiday on a Saturday afternoon, and I I've just I took it off just out of caution because I didn't know if case delays or anything yeah. and I remember getting home and because I've been all day for like two weeks I was fresh I was ready to, you know, I, was, I wasn't needing the night off and I was just I remember you saying on one you went to play in your mate's bar oh yeah I was itching like it's crazy but the thing is there is occasions especially for me because I'm, obviously I'm really young like I'll see my friends go on like date like for example like, on a Saturday night I do a cocktail bar a really fucking sick bar called Barrow Boys and I do Attic and Hull yeah. as my residence says I take them off if I get guest sets but there was going on a day session, and I, it's something I love to do, you know, my mates, Leeds, or York, or something like that. Yeah. But I'm thinking I start at seven. They're not going to what? What am I going to do? By the time I'm, do you know what I mean? Like, I miss out on things like that, like um, holidays. To be fair, you miss out on holidays, but then if you're lucky enough to get international gigs, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I just got back from Dubai. Yeah. Uh, I've got gigs in Ibiza, in Napa, Barcelona. It's like, it's swing. I've been in America. You know what yeah, I mean? no, no one's saying, no one's saying, oh, what is us? Saying, what I, yeah. But you do have to. I tell you, you one do thing, have one, to sacrifice one, one thing that has suffered. I'm very lucky. My family are very fucking close. But I can honestly say I haven't spent the quality time with my family I should have done. But then it's been recouped in ways of such as like taking them to spare when I gig there. Like you can pull it back. But 
the the initial thing is it's a sacrifice, a dedication, and the money's not going to be amazing at first. I think that's what the problem is nowadays. People, a lot of DJs want to start on 200, 300 quid a night. No, it doesn't work like that. You have to build it up to that. You know, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get get that. Like, and a lot of the times, even if you're worth that, I'm more like fucking hell. So take a while to get that. It, not even that. Like, some clubs don't value that, and they'll book the hundred quid DJ ahead of you. Yeah. It's just the way the game works. You've got to be thick skinned. That's the that's. So you've got to be in it for the right reasons. You've got to be a good person and <laughs> like not be a dickhead. Which, as much as you know, like you said earlier, like yeah. there is always going to be someone that dislikes you. But if you know, then you've got the good heart. Like me doing certain things for helping other people makes me feel like a better person. Yeah, you know, I respect everyone, older or younger than me. I help people, and I'm sure and you do. Yeah. And then lastly, you've got to be thick skinned because there is setbacks. There is. Rejection. Uh, rejection. There, there is, is loneliness. Dead, and like they say, there's loneliness and there is the commitment and you you miss you do miss out on things like you say weddings. I miss out on weddings, I miss out on parties, I miss out on sometimes as well, just like at lads activities, man. Yeah, just like, just like the whole general persona of what you should be not saying what you should be doing when you're young, but what people generally do. Right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up and I'm guessing if you have listened to the podcast to the end you know what's coming. I know exactly so what's coming. We're do, I know my answer. Well, the thing is, I know my answer. <laughs> we're gonna do. We're gonna do. Gonna do dream gig, right? So you can pick a venue. Yeah. It can be a nightclub. It can be a festival. It yeah. can be a mates fucking oh, garden. It can be. So what, long, what, it can be whatever you want, right? But it's a venue, and then and then there's a lineup. So there's three people playing, yeah. or there's three acts playing. You can be playing if you want, no, or it can just be, or it can be like your dream lineup in your dream venue. Yeah. So what's the venue, and what are the three acts? Opening, middle, and then to, yes. to headline. This is the annoying thing. I have two. I have like two mirrors. Can I just give you two? Yeah. Because I. <laughs> anyone that knows me, right? I am a househead, like a proper, like defected style househead. I love my yeah. chunky house. I love. I don't like commercial houses. As bad as that sounds, like I don't like EDM. I don't like it. I'm not gonna lie. I can't sit here and sound like I respect it. I respect the people that make it. I like what I classes, like. I can say it's proper house. Yeah. Anyone listening who likes future house and EDM might say. Fine. Yeah. That's proper. You know what I mean? Like. I, I like what I like we all do so I like all that and then the other side of me loves like disco like the glitter box stuff so we'll do two lines. So, yeah so my so and, and the thing is I've been thinking about this for weeks because I knew this was coming <laughs> and I've listened to everyone else's and I thought oh, I just changed that I just changed that so right disco night yeah I'm starting with a disco night I'm going to do it in a club called Bass in Dubai which is one of the biggest in the world okay it's an open room it's like a theatre it's okay. like it's like a football stadium so it's like open roof yeah but like it goes up on the sides and the booth's massive. It's so sick. I'm gonna show you. Have you played there? I've, do you know what? We were gonna talk about video, but we're not. I filmed an event there. Okay. But I haven't played there. This okay. is this is it. Like, wow. Look at that. So the decks are there. Like cool. Fifty cent. Okay. So that, so we're in base. We're in, we're in there. We yeah. are there in base. Yeah, Anyone who's not seen it, search, just go on Google and search base Dubai. Yeah. What's, just what's the lineup? So this is my disco night. So it's gonna be all like decored like. I wouldn't say Elro theme. I'd say it'd be like very bright and. Yeah, yeah. And you have to wear a funky shirt. Yeah. It's it's literally glitter box basically. Yeah. So my warm DJ is going to be Doctor Packer. Yeah. Who's like who makes well, he anyone makes sick edits. So anyone that does yeah. like it'd even be Doctor Packer DJs or late night tough guy. Yeah. One of them three. Yeah. So it's like a DJ. It's a disco warm up. Yeah. Playing all like eighties um, grooves. Yeah. But like the rebeefed versions. Yeah. So then my peak time DJ is going to be Purple Disco Machine. Yeah. 
because obviously he is slamming out fire at the minute, but for anyone that is actually into it, he's been doing it for years. I, I, one, I, yeah. I pretty much like every Saturday for, for ages, I've got loads of bad routines. I always start my sets really early with his remix of Hercules and uh, Love and Machine. Oh, yeah, what's it called? Um, um, so I, I just love it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I just love it, man. Like, it Someone else did a remix of that as well. Yeah, Cried Did I get a new remix package that recently? I like, don't know, but it, it's just sick, man. Anyway, right, who's, who's the one you got? We've got Dr. Packer. So, so Dr. Packer's starting it. Purple Disco Machine's going to slam out a bit of body funk. Yeah. Peak, peak time. Yeah. One, two. Yeah. One, two, one. So that's going to be popping. And then at the end, Joey Nego's going to go on. Dave but Lee. he's going to have live performances from Kathy Brown and... Hey, you've really thought about it. And Angie, what's her name? Angie... Angie... Is it Angie? Angie Stone? Angie Stone, she's going to she's gonna finish the night. Wish I didn't miss you anymore. Wish I didn't anymore. Because that is a fucking <laughs> anthem, right? <laughs> so that's going to be the disco night. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I have to do another one. Because cool. that, for anyone who's young listening to this, they're not really going to feel that. They're gonna be like, "Well, your house DJ, why are you saying that?" Yeah. So I'm gonna. That have is to, house music. So I'm gonna have to do like a. Um, I'm after gonna go onto. Um, like a more chunky defected kind. Yeah, of. and I think so what's it's the venue? Be, is it uh, studio? Oh, what's it called in London? Oh, Tobacco Dock in London. Okay, yeah. So it's gonna be like an open sort of. It's gonna be a gritty venue. It's got to be yeah. a bit more because it's gonna be a bit more thump in this. So it's yeah. gonna be a bit more gritty. So we're gonna have. Um, this is my real shit. This is me. So we're going to have Sonny Federer on the warm-up. Yeah. And um, that... What's her name? She's going to come out and sing that. Janeo did You and I. Okay, yeah. She's going to come and sing that and get everyone going. <laughs> He's loading it with me. I love this. And then... And then... Um, and then... MK is going to play the peak time. Yeah. Becky Hill's going to come out and nice. do a piece of me. Nice. But then she's also going to go into, like, a classic routine of, like... Because I've seen her live. She did a she did a tour with Pete Tong's orchestra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to see that. And she actually does, like... Um, Oh, what's the song called? Sing it back, you know. Malcolm. Boris, Boris Kerson, is it? Ma- Boris. It's Maloko and Boris Gosh. That's it, yeah, yeah. So she's going to do that. Maloko, sing it back, um, into, like, some other mad shit, like Lady. Uh, yeah, Mojo. Mojo, yeah. yeah. All that sort of stuff. On, like, a mad tangent, with MK just dancing away in the background. Yeah. Um, and then to finish off, I'm going to put Sam Devine on. But I've seen Sam Devine, and I'm going to make her play her classic house set, so I'm going to have a bit of, like... <laughs> We're gonna. Well, I'm paying her. Right? Yeah. We're gonna have Sandy B. We're yeah. gonna have a bit of like uh, Strings true. of Life, but yeah. she has to play my version. Obviously, bitch. <laughs> she has Maybe she could bring you out at the end to play Strings. No, of because life. I'm not. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't deserve to be on that line. Well, like, in ten years, I do. Okay. Maybe if I carry on going, but I don't deserve to be on that at the minute. I'm just gonna stand there like a little fanboy at the side of the stage with my camera. Um, so yeah, she's gonna finish it with with that classic house set, um, and then. I'm going to throw a little spanner, well, not a spanner in the way, but um, Kings of Tomorrow finally. Yeah. But it's going to be the last song, and Sam Devine's going to play it, but then live orchestra will come out and play the last one, and then all the lights will come up, and yeah. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it, mate. Thank Sorry, you so I had to do two. No, no, no. Thank you so much for the interview. It's been amazing. Thank you check for out Taylor Shipley. Check out Ben Rainey. Catch you soon. Thank you, man. Thank you, bro.